Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash, with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Door Bumper Clear Yo, what's up everybody? You're listening to Door Bumper Clear presented by Offerpad. I'm Freddie Kraft and we have a special guest in studio today after Kansas. Haley Deegan's in the house. We'll learn more about her career, talk about Kurt Busch and 2311 winning at Kansas, flat left rear tires on Sunday, and the Texas All-Star Race format. That's an hour in itself. Let's get started. The best on the stand and the best in the booth. Stumbling the Monday to tell you the truth. Giving the opinions and breaking the rules. Get called to the holler to bring it to you. Casey, you pretty. Freddie, you fat. TJ, you suck. Brighton, so bad. Jason is facing kind of plate in this race. And if someone don't crash and he's gonna go mad. Looking for Freddie, he's killing the bottle. Casey is making messes like a toddler. Tweet something stupid, then don't even bother. Brett's gonna block you like TJ is a spotter. See them online, throw FF in the chat. Tell Rick where to stay off the track. All of the podcasts are living in fear. This isn't the download, it's Door Bumper Clear. Nah, don't get it twisted, baby. This isn't the download, nah. This is Door Bumper Clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the six cup car and the one truck this weekend. And uh, very excited to introduce our guests for today. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. We have Haley Deegan on here and uh, definitely brings the, um, the female ratio up and the the, the looks level is way up. (laughs) It's getting evened out more. She's almost as good looking as Freddie and I. Yeah. She's combined. Close. That's exactly Maybe one day. Brett Griffin, spotter for Colleague Racing. I spotted all of 65 laps this weekend. I'm glad I flew two hours and a half there and two hours home for that debacle. <laughs> What's up, Freddie Krause, spotter Bubba Wallace, uh, Derek Krause. This week, I had a pretty solid week in old Kansas City. Good morning, Casey. You look. You look like you've been partying all week. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, guys, Casey Vote here. You're a marketing professional. Of course, we have Jason Sol- Schultz in the studio. Oh, Jason Schultz. Hey, Schultz. Hey, Schultz. How Again, are you? <laughs> not quite here. Haley, I am so excited that you are here because now if the guys give me <laughs> they have to give it to you, too. I'm not the only girl. Uh, Haley, <laughs> is this the proudest moment of your career right now? 110%. 110%. <laughs> 
I told I, many people I'm going to be on this podcast, yeah. and they've, they're all very excited yeah. for it. Awesome. <laughs> I just want to clarify that before we get going. I think oh, you're yeah. confusing worrisome with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing at the end of the day. Are you it's, sure they weren't being sarcastic? Oh, uh, man. Possibly. I don't know. We'll find out. Well, <laughs> I'm really sorry that they put you next to Brett and TJ. Um, Casey? Yes. You're starting it already. <laughs> Listen, she's like, did she not just don't say make fun get... of me? But I'm gonna make fun of all y'all. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Damn right. I mean, well, none of us had a super exciting weekend like you all did. Right, you want to so start with Casey? Was, I mean, was Kansas guys. Uh, forget congratulations, Kansas. Freddie. Where Where to... was Casey at this weekend? I'm I'm kind of lost on these Casey. It stories. looked like Miami. Miami. No, I was not it was Miami. not Miami. Where she was you? in Florida. I was in Florida. Okay. Panama City. It wasn't Daytona. I flew in the Panama City. Definitely not Daytona. Uh, I was in 30A, like Rosemary Beach area. Never heard of it. I have mm, no idea. Nobody that has. Is. Nobody has. Nope. It's probably good. That's probably it's a place the, My parents go. are looking at a house down there. So nice. <laughs> if they ever need renters, just can let your, me know. Can your parents dance like Casey can? Because I, I hear know. she's got quite I the moves. I, I think I need to see the video of Casey <laughs> dancing. Will be no. by the time this show airs. Uh, so, TJ, you would you worry. like to describe this video oh my to God. our listeners? <laughs> TJ's always got all the inside scoop. I, I don't want to tell. <laughs> no, I do not want to describe this because I can tell the way Casey's looking at me right now. I don't even want to look at her. Don't look did you know she was not flexible? Is she, is she still looking? <laughs> I, I heard you say dance off, and my money is on Casey 100%. No, she's, she's, I've got bread every day of the week. So every dance off ever. You've never seen not. this. You've never seen uh, this. Maybe at clogging or whatever no. he does, whatever that is. Give me bread at one o'clock in the morning in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'll take on any any dance competition okay, in the world. Well, we will be in Nashville in a few weeks. I will be there. So bring I just it up. need to know what I'm up against. I need it to know how hard matter. I got to bring it. You will not know. Sorry. Is this it? I'm trying. Jason's got it. Jason, oh, send that to oh, all of man. us so we can share it right now. Yes. Jason has found the twerking. Listen, are you going to turn into Britney Spears on us? Is that what's happening? Well, I used to, growing up, I was a dancer, so I just what brought kind back of dancer? the moves. Um, a classy dancer. Oh, <laughs> so you threw all that away this weekend. Contemporary? I feel like you could be a contemporary. Contemporary? No, I wasn't graceful enough for that. <laughs> Brett, what the hell is a classy dancer? Like uh, I don't, I've never heard of that description I think like before. Ballet, maybe. I mean, I think I, that's classy. No, I wasn't graceful enough for that. I so what kind of dancing are we doing? We're not doing contemporary. <laughs> we're not doing lyrical. We're obviously are we this, jazz this dancing? Hip hop. No. Listen, so, yeah, it was hip hop. It was like <laughs> oh, uh, it's hip hop. All right, this, this is hip hop. This is this is nothing like You know, let's get in the pond like dirty dancing and practice. No, so this is how is Kansas guys? Um, <laughs> There's no dancing at the Great Wolf Lodge where I was at. Let me tell you, if you want to know what it's like to be a 47 year old grown ass man and feel really weird stay at the great wolf lodge by yourself oh my God. i walked in to check in and i was like this is so <laughs> awkward i don't know what to even do right now oh uh, yes sir can we help you and i'm like yeah I, griffin check in oh just one of you today mr griffin i'm like yeah this isn't weird at all yeah no it's, it's just me he tells me about it like uh, whatever he got his itinerary monday or tuesday he's like yeah i'm at the I'm at the Great Wolf this week. It's weird. I'm laughing at him. I'm like, <laughs> who stays at the Great Wolf? And then I got mine on Wednesday, and it was, oh, yeah, I'm at the Great so Wolf, did too. You, did you do the water park? <laughs> Thank God there was a Hooters with No, you know how weird I felt in the water park? Me out there with my I man s- boobs riding that water size by my damn self. I saw him I literally would have had to borrow somebody's kid so that I didn't feel so weird. <laughs> Can you imagine all the parents are like, all right, son, let's stay yeah, away who, from this 
I'm just picturing Brett and Freddie going up the stairs to the slide together. We actually did like the tandem tubing. It was fun. The only the only 40 plus year old man that feels comfortable at amusement parks by themselves is Tony Hirschman. He does it all the time, and he goes every week wherever there's one. He's got to be on somebody's list by now because he is literally a 45 year old man, whatever he is, walking around amusement parks by himself at all times, every week, just essentially purposely for yes for fun. Like he goes by himself. Like when he comes, he'll come here next week. He'll go to Carowinds. Whether or not anybody goes with him, he's going to Carowinds next week at some point. I guarantee it. Yeah, it's so awkward. Has he ever been reported for like a suspicious person? I'm telling you, he's on a list somewhere. He's like they've got his picture on the wall. They follow him with the cameras as he's walking through the park. I guarantee it. But like Rodney Childers ran into Rodney Childers had his kids with him. Ironically Uh, enough, weird. um, What most people do at parks. Yeah, and he, him, and his kids are in line for like the bumper cars somewhere, maybe at Carowinds, I guess. And Hirsch is out there just lacing into like eight-year-olds by himself on the bumper cars, having the time of his life. And Rodney's like, oh, who are you here with? And Tony's like, yeah, nobody. So speaking of Tony Hirschman and Kyle Bush, <laughs> Haley, last week we had Tommy Baldwin on our show. Mm-hmm. And we have a new challenge for our guest. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy came on our show and he called Kyle Bush a little Oh, man. Now, I do not condone you calling anybody a little bitch on the show no, but if I you think do I should call Kyle if you do, that we're still in the no. truck series <laughs> if, if you do I will give you $100 if you find at any point in the show a reason to call anybody other than myself do a little bitch do you know how much racing costs 100 bucks can get me like a tear off maybe for the hey, is, it, is it 100 bucks per mention sure. or just one time yeah, it's a yeah, one time yeah. yeah. it's okay. a one time I've only got oh, like man. five mentions in me today but definitely the first one is worth 100 bucks oh man yeah well I got, maybe if we add a zero wow yeah, you don't mean, have to call Kyle. You can call TJ a little bitch. Like are, are me fine. and Kyle, are me she and Freddie eligible for this? <laughs> are you? No, it's just it's just, oh, a, just guest. a guest. Okay. Yeah, it's just Haley. Yeah, TJ's on my side more than anyone is right now. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you pay him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gets yeah. a lot of listen, the second you stop Either paying way, him, he's, he's on my side. It don't matter how he is. He bashed Joey Logano last week on here because Joey's no longer paying him. I did not bash him. I just said it was a little... I didn't like the move because the car got destroyed. And I don't like when race cars get destroyed like that. Oh, so oh back, beep, beep. No. <laughs> backing up. That's exactly oh, what I said. Uh, well, maybe I would say we could start with like Kansas Cup race, but maybe we should start with Kansas Truck Race since you, know, you guys were uh, here. Well, I mean, we could back up even further than that. Like we have a guest on here and maybe a lot of people may not know Haley. We're, I mean, we're obviously every yeah, horrible, everybody <laughs> should horrible, know horrible Haley. Horrible intro, by the way, TJ. Like really stepped it up. Um, like So the first time Haley popped up on my radar was driving Bill McAnally's car out in the West Series because she was teammates with Derek. And I was helping Derek already some late model stuff. And uh, that's where she popped up. But like, where did you get into racing from? I know you did some uh, like stadium truck kind of racing, whatever yeah. that was. So I did off-road uh, truck racing uh, since I was eight years old when my dad started off-road truck racing in the Lucas Oil off-road series. Uh, I pretty much just went over there and it was kind of a family thing. I was really just there because my parents or my dad was racing already. And then I just fell in love with it. And then we started getting better, started winning races, winning championships and at like 15 years old, I kind of peaked in that series. And I was like, okay, well, what's next? And so my mom actually signed me up for the diversity program, said it didn't submit or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> somehow I ended up in North Carolina uh, driving a legend car and late model and stuff. So uh, I kind of got into that deal a little bit. And then all of a sudden I got picked up by Toyota and spent a couple years with them on a couple K&N races. And then I switched to Ford. So you haven't been oval racing very long. No, not in the uh-uh. grand scheme of things. No, I haven't. Not very long at all. I got like not much family background in it. Like all of it's still 
still new to me. I'm, I've learned the ropes now of it, but at the beginning I was so lost. It's so different for me. Uh, the people are different. Um, I just feel like the whole atmosphere is a total change for me. Yeah. I, I personally love to see females come into the sport as drivers. I worked with Johanna Long for a little while, was a huge Danica Patrick fan. Like I love, I love to see the progression. So you're having to play catch up. And, and that's kind of the thing that, that most females in sports, motorsports have to do anyway, because guys do start racing in this world now at five years old. And it's mm-hmm. crazy how good they can be by the time they're nine. So they have 10 years more experience. The majority of the guys you're around, right? So oh, how, yeah. how do you close that gap? Yeah, like I'm not touching pavement till I was about 15 years old. Like it's tough, very, very tough. But I don't even know if there's a way to close that gap. Like you go back on like racing reference. Matt Crafton's been racing trucks longer than I've been alive. Like it's hard to make up those years. Like that, that's tough. True like, story. Yeah. It's, it's tough to beat that experience. Like knowing that those guys have been to those tracks 20 times, like, and you're just going there for the first time, like last year with no practice, just taking the green and hoping that your truck is kind of what they say it's like and going to handle that way and nothing's going to go wrong. It's, it's hard to trust that. Well, not only, not only are, have they been to the track probably for 15, 20 years for multiple races, years and mass, we used to practice hours, two, three hours. Sometimes for cu- trucks, we get a couple hours of practice and now there's 20 minutes and good luck. Yeah, 20 minutes and we're riding to qualifying. Like, and, yeah. that, and that was just this year. I mean, you, how many races did you go to where your first lap on the track was the green flag of the race? Majority. You know, 20. Last year was tough last year because we did a lot of sim work, just virtual stuff. Like, this is what a start's going to be like. This is what this is going to be like. Because our first lap was going to be at the green flag. Yeah. So we did a lot of work of situational stuff like that. That had been the hardest year to enter any racing series in general when you're you know that that's by far the toughest year and i don't think a lot of people realize this and i think you know you you come out of the arca series you come out of the canine series with wins and people just think wow you know she's she's gonna be amazing here you know she's the next big thing talk about how big that step is mm-hmm. from the arca slash canine series to the truck series because i mean the competitive competitiveness and the the level of competition you're gonna go against ramps up by 10 times maybe 20 times you know oh it's yeah i feel huge. like i kind of got into the canine arca stuff as it started going on its downslope, like you see where it's at now, it's nowhere near where it was four years ago. And I feel like it just, it almost didn't prepare me properly in the way I felt like I should have been prepared for it. Um, just with the competitive level, instead of going out there and having 20 great trucks and it was five good cars and it's still like, yeah, those guys are good, but there's only five of them, a few wrecks or whatever you take out two or three. And then next thing you know, it's just you and someone else. And so, I feel like there was a lot of situations where I I did learn, but I needed to learn more and prepare more. And those tracks were small that we were racing on. So like when we go to like a Martinsville, I feel comfortable. But like then you start going to these bigger tracks, it was it took some time to learn. But I think that I've tried to use every single resource to prepare for it, but it's still hard. Very, very hard. One thing I've been impressed with you is I've seen people race like idiots around you. And I've seen them, I don't want to say take advantage of you. I just think they've... They've raced you poorly yeah. and, and put you in really bad positions. Oh, yeah. And I don't see you really returning the favor. Like for mm-hmm. your age and your experience level, that's impressive because I say this all the time. When I sat down to talk to Noah Gragson when he was leaving the truck series to go up to the Xfinity series, I said, you're going to be a better Xfinity series driver because, A, you're not around a bunch of idiots mm-hmm. all the time, which if you're 
after about eighth place on backing trucks, there's there's more idiots than not back there. Oh, it's oh yeah, terrible. and and the terrible. trucks are so dependent upon one another to go fast. Mm-hmm. You have to use each other's air, and you have to side draft, and you have to do all the things that actually suck. That in terms of being independent as a race car driver, how do you keep your cool in there? That was the hardest part was learning the air, like having people talk to you and coming from off road racing. You didn't deal with air, like I had no clue. Like, what do you mean you got you got to feel the air and feel on your right rear or whatever? And I'm like. I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I'm like, man, this is going to be hard to like feel the air. And so uh, that was a challenge, but I feel like it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. But even racing around those guys, I feel like we do get taken advantage of a lot. But also, I'm, I, get, I get fired up when someone does something to me, like really fired up. And I think it's my dad kind of like <laughs> yeah. speaking through me. But uh, I, we've had so many situations where we've gotten wrecked out or put in bad positions and uh, it could just be not our fault and just get in a situation, someone else's situation. And I feel like I have kept my cool because I know how crucial it is that I need good finishes, start popping off good finishes, get the momentum going. And that's why I don't retaliate to take that chance of something happening to me. Um, you see, oh my gosh, it's you get a tire rub and it's just downhill quick. And like that's something that I don't want to put myself in that position. Very mature of you to do that. I don't that. think she's ever keyed up and lost her cool. I, leash, I don't key up when I lose my call. <laughs> just, so. you, just, just, <laughs> just scream without hitting the button. That's yeah. all you Oh, my button got stuck at, um, where was the last Well, actually, yeah, you did actually key up one time. You, she yelled at me. I did? Uh, well, you, well, you spot probably, her, remember? You probably deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she uh, we were coming, we we're going on the backstretch of Darlington, coming to the green. So I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah, I did. Clean your tires you. up. And, and, you know, everything you do to get ready. And we're going through three and four. And she's. I say something to her, she keys up and talks back. Well, all the truck noise, the motor never goes away. So the button's like still keyed. It's stuck down. Mm-hmm. We go green. I'm spotting, but every time I let off, I can still hear the motor and all that. So, you know, the driver's still keyed up. And I mean, we're going through one and two and I'm just like, I'm still spotting. But every time I let off, I can hear the truck motor still. So I know it's like overruling you. Yes. Yeah. And I know she's probably doesn't know it because she you can't, can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. She just thought I had an issue or something when it, oh, like, soon as, nap? as soon as I heard the motor stop, I'm like, Haley, your button's stuck. So, she, you know, your button's sticking. Don't push it unless you have to. But yeah, I guess she yelled at me for that. Yeah, I keyed up. Like, it was off of two. I just remember just like, because I was so focused on what was going on. Like, I'm. Well, Darlington's tough through one and it two. Is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Re- trying to see, make sure they're not stacking up because that happens a lot at Darlington. Oh, yeah. Someone lights up the tires, that row's stacking. So I'm trying to look and like see what's going on there and then trying to protect my right side, seeing how many trucks are on my inside so I know how much room I have to turn down the track off too. And like, I was utter panic. And so I just grabbed button one time. And I was like, swear! <laughs> <laughs> and then it started working again. <laughs> good, good. On so- that, yeah, on that note, uh, Obviously, from your background, you're not used to having a spotter. So that had to have been tough having a my type cars of dirt racing. Here. My type of dirt racing, I had a spotter. Okay. So well, it's, it good. wasn't like typical dirt racing like you got in Millbridge and stuff or yeah, got it. Uh, midget racing. Like it's not. It's it, We had spotters. Okay. So my well, dad was my spotter. So I got I'm sure my ass ripped. I'm sure, <laughs> race. I'm sure switching from your dad to TJ was a real adjustment too. I had to tell TJ to kind of like don't hold back. Like I'm, I can't. I don't do well with monotone. I'm like, like say, if you like, if you're like, want to say something, like say it, like lay into me if I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And like, I feel like I had to kind of tell, I feel like everyone gets a little, 
like kind of a little, I don't know if it's just the NASCAR world side of it. Like everyone stays a lot more calm. That's and what like I do. Relaxed, I stay so like, calm. Yeah, already. that's right. I yeah. like being fired up. I like someone to yell at me if I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Like I like that aggressive, like on the radio or else I start getting monotone and then I start not driving as good when I'm, or making like as aggressive moves when I'm monotone. I usually stay really calm most of the time. Yeah. The only time, like if I see you like, you can kind of hear, I think I did it at Kansas one time when you follow somebody, I'm like, all right, if he goes here, you go here, then you follow him. Yeah, the I'm 25. Like, yeah, I I'm like, that's where you have to move. Like, you cannot follow yeah. him. He's doing this on purpose. Yeah. You, you cannot follow him. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like, I mean, I didn't yell, but I was like, look, this is what, you can't do that. Yeah, like, I can tell by your tone and stuff when like, I'm like, okay, I did something <laughs> wrong. I need to do like that again. He has like the dad tone, right? But I'm like, not, that, like, I didn't yell, no, my but I'm dad, like, my dad would lay uh, in me. Say, <laughs> maybe not, like regular, like soccer dad <laughs> tone, but like. Dude, I got my ass ripped. Let's, let's talk up. about that for a second. I mean, what's it like growing up with a badass like Brian Deegan for a dad? I mean, just your childhood alone, I can't imagine what that was like. It was intense. Like, I feel like every moment was intense. Like, you're always, if you say something just a little bit wrong or like not the way that like he wanted, it was like hardcore lecture, not like. Not lectures and like, I'm so disappointed in you or whatever. Like you got, you just got laid into you. Like, I'm glad she's on today. Yeah. I see him do it to Hayden too. And it's so funny. Cause like now seeing it and like where someone else is here in your shoes, you're like, man, this is funny to see now. Like, <laughs> where you don't even have an opportunity to get a word in or try to explain yourself because you already messed up by not saying it the right way the first time. And you're like, I just got to take it. It's so funny. what's his reaction? What's your, your brother's reaction when he's getting... Oh man, he Is just, he just like my little brother. Down or? He now he just completely like shuts it out and just does his own thing. Like he'll just walk <laughs> and just like wander off. But like I get a call from my dad, and I don't think they understand the NASCAR world fully just yet because it's hard to understand unless you've done it. Like it was so hard for me to even understand what I was getting into. But like I get a call, like and they still think it's like Kane and West. They're like and so my dad will call me, my mom will call me for the race. I'll be at driver intros, like about to walk on stage. And he's like, just take those guys out. Like, remember what you did in K&N to win? I'm like, Dad, like, it's Daytona. Like, I can't just do that. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's tough to explain. And, like, the whole air side of it, like, it's so hard for people yeah. to understand when you haven't done it before. I saw him around the track a lot when you first started. Is mm -hmm. he still come around some? Yeah, so my uh, little brother just started racing for uh, Yamaha out in Florida. And he's a stud, your little brother, Yeah, right? so yeah. they're very taken up with his stuff. And now I'm kind of, I'm out on my own. Um, I got my own house and so they're a little bit less involved because they have to focus so much on Hayden because he's in crucial years of his career like yeah. he's at the right now the most crucial part so they're focusing a lot of time on him which is great like Hayden's a badass at what he does and he's going to be very going to be very successful and it's good that they're investing their time into him. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier the Toyota piece. Obviously, you're with Ford now. Mm -hmm. When those talks were going on and you were considering switching, who'd you lean on during that time? Because obviously, it's not only a business move, it's a big competition move. And mm -hmm. we all know how invested Toyota is in this sport. I mean, we've had Harrison Burton, mm -hmm. other Toyota guys on our show, talking about all the things they bring to the table. So not only what was attractive, but who was helping you make this decision? Because that's a big decision. Well, my dad was actually with Ford um, back in the day for multiple years. And so he, I already knew everyone at Ford and he um, had relationships with those people. And like, they saw me at a little age running around X games and stuff, but it was honestly kind of a no-brainer for me. I feel like I already knew everyone over there. I already kind of had that uh, connection with them. But also, I feel like at Toyota, like I've never really talked about this much because it doesn't get asked much, but I was promised a lot of things that weren't kept. And I kind of laid on those 
laid on those promises, kind of expecting them because it was like, oh, if you do this, like, we'll make sure you're doing this now, next. And I was promised so much that I didn't receive. Wow. I feel like my deal got smaller and smaller every single year. Like that first year was awesome, but it just, they started backtracking on it a little bit. And uh, like, even like when they promised like, oh, if I win, I'll get this and never just got those things. So I, that's one thing. If I, I am all about people being like true and honest and doing what they say they're going to do. And as soon as that happens, you lose that trust and you lose that relationship and it puts a wedge in between and I didn't like it. Right, right. Well, you made the right move. So I was looking up some of your social media stats. (laughs) You're almost as big as TJ Majors. Twitter, 132,000 followers. I I hate Twitter. I hate Twitter. (laughs) 457,000 followers. Facebook, 725,000 followers. Instagram, 1.2 million. TikTok, like 3.1 million you are quite the freaking social media mogul. Thank you. How'd you do that? <laughs> uh, I just, I love social media. I've loved it from a young age and I felt like it was fun showing my personality and like showing people like, like who I was and my journey, but I hate Twitter. I absolutely hate Twitter. That's why I have not that many followers on it. I barely ever go on it. Right. Rarely ever go on it. Um, just cause I hate the negativity part of it. I like people who are positive and funny on social media Hey, that's why I hate Twitter. So uh, I pretty much focus on Instagram my whole life, just posting quality stuff every single day, never missing it, always showing people my story, what was going on. And then TikTok, the reason why I have so many followers on there is because when COVID hit and we weren't racing anymore, I had nothing else to do. Like racing's my life. Like I really had nothing else yeah, to do. Yeah, we were all pretty much in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys understand too. So yeah. pretty much like I, every single day, like I posted like two videos with like, the trends that were going on. And that was kind of at the time of TikTok where like if you were hitting it hard and doing it right. Like you were popping off and it grew, it grew my Instagram a lot too. People transferred over. Um, but I get recognized so much as at like the grocery store um, from TikTok, like a bunch of little kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, kids. Always. And the coolest thing too, is like you're providing the content that fans want to see, mm-hmm. like that behind the scenes, the content that's like not structured or I mean, it's, Obviously, some of it's edited, but mm-hmm. you're showing your life, which yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't provide that access. Yeah, and I'm like, very true and honest on social media. And like you said, like Instagram, TikTok give you a better platform to show your personality. It's mm-hmm. based on pictures and videos where, you know, you're not getting somebody's personality through a tweet that you're reading. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you could post a video on there. But like like you said, TikTok, uh, Twitter is is an interesting place for sure uh-huh. in the oh, racing yeah. world. Like it's uh, but, you know, maybe you can help grow t- Casey's TikTok now. <laughs> I can help you out. But like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we're getting is she hates DARFs on Twitter. Yeah, well, you well, know. We all do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. like the DARFs. The Nobody reason why can, Twitter's so bad and so negative is because it gives people who haven't earned a voice a voice. It's That's the problem with Twitter. And, yeah. um, like, people, usually you have to earn that respect to people to for your opinion to be valued. And I feel like Twitter is the only place where you can say whatever you want with two followers, and it could pop off yeah. and yeah your profile is an egg i learned a long time ago with the, the especially with the bubba stuff like the only thing they want you to do is reply to them yeah like that's all they want and because, you do yeah, if you it, do it, reply it, to it, they go oh such a big fan yeah. or if you block them oh look so-and-so blocked me like i just every one of them every darf that i encounter on twitter yes. i just ignore them or mm-hmm. I, i'll like their tweet like sometimes just because they like I, you're I not bothering me like i don't it's care people, but it's people like that why i don't look at twitter much anymore yeah. is because of that because Literally went, you know, Dell Jr. retired. I went from, oh, you're really, I hate you. I mean, I literally got, I literally got direct <laughs> messages saying, 
I hate you. I cannot believe you're doing this. Like, wh- what did I do? Like, I, you know, it actually gives me a lot of hope when people talk bad about you because I'm like, look, you can do nothing wrong and like be one of the best spotters in the game and still get, still get talked bad about. And so I'm it, like, that gives yeah. me hope. <laughs> I found that out right when I d- told people where I was going when I left Dell Jr. That was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Before oh, yeah. we dive into the show, I got to ask you one thing. Every driver I've ever worked with has tracks they circle on their calendar. Like, hey, that's a place I'm going to run well. Mm-hmm. What's your tracks you circle at the beginning of the year saying, I think I got a shot to win there? Kansas. <laughs> Kansas was Kansas, but and maybe next Kansas, but a mile and a half. I don't know why, but whenever we get to mile and a half, I feel like those are my deal. Like, I feel so comfortable there. Like, maybe it's because everything kind of slows down a little bit. And I'm able to more so process what I'm doing because I feel like I know exactly what to do, but sometimes it'll happen too quick to where I can't do it exactly right. But I feel like when you get on those mile and a half tracks like Kansas, I can kind of see when things are going to happen. Like when Stuart Friesen was kind of pulling like the slider move on me in one and two, like I knew exactly what was going to happen before. And I knew if I tried to turn in his wake, wasn't going to be able to turn. So I made sure I turned before and was already angled. So when he did slide across me, I was already in the right direction to go. So like, I feel like it all slows down for me on mile and a half, so I'm able to use all the knowledge that I've learned. We worked pretty hard on the air stuff for a while, and she only made like a couple small mistakes in the beginning. As soon as she felt like what it was like to be directly behind something and lose the nose, that was like it. Never like I probably can. It's probably only been like two or three times every mile and a half we've ran so far total. Like she's really good at keeping the left front out. Like when Stewart was like diving in there, she backed off early so she could she turn anything past him again. Um, but she's gotten really good at u- utilizing the air to her advantage. She's really good at doing that stuff. So it's she honestly, air is pretty hard to teach. Um, when I did work with Danica, it was super hard for it. Like we, it was really, it was, it's a hard learning curve for that stuff. You picked it up very quick. So I think that's when people, when things string out in the mile and a half stuff, we start passing people, you know, and she goes forward. So I, I do like mile and a half is definitely your strengths. Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm looking forward to Charlotte and Texas. Obviously, obviously, we all want to win. Everybody goes to the racetrack wanting to win. What's a, what is a successful weekend for Haley Deegan? Like, what are you? Obviously, we want to win. Like I said, but mm-hmm. like, what is? What are you happy if you if you run where? Are you having a good weekend? I would say top ten. I would say top ten is a good weekend. Uh, if pit crew's on point. If I get a decent truck, like I would say, top ten is a good. Finish. Don't don't get wrecked by five guys running yeah. five wide in a turn three. You know, at get Darlington. put in the fence at Martinsville <laughs> on first yeah. stage. Like <laughs> it's that that I live there. That that tenth to fifteenth world in the dangerous. truck series is, is a dangerous. nightmare. It's there's so many. The hard part about it is there's so many bad habits mm-hmm. that you You're like, learning bad habits. Yeah. yeah, like first time I went to Martinsville, I said, look where. People are going to I'm going to have to unteach you everything you're going to learn right here because it's like they dive three wide to the bottom. They don't even try to pass people. They just run into you the first time they get to you, and that's not how you should race. Mm-hmm. So, in, in my well, opinion. we didn't have to worry about that since we got put three wide and got yes. flat in like the first ten laps. So, yeah. <laughs> so, All right, well, we're uh, we're ready to kick it. Be opinionated. Be fun. Be okay. everything that TJ's not. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, po- post. Penske TJ's brother. Yeah, think, post so. Penske's way he better. Post Penske TJ. Yeah, well, the Bojangles biscuit he had this morning will definitely help TJ bring it today. We'd like to thank Bojangles for the breakfast. I'd like to make a quick content comment because that's my thing. I think Haley's got the best content of all drivers in NASCAR and understands wow. it better than anybody else. And yeah. coming from me, that's the director big, of content. Yeah, and that's that's, that's Jason's our director of content. VGP so. content, I think, is your next By the way, a little exactly. backstory. Jason created his own content. No, he created Title. his own title for yeah. his job. 
Nobody <laughs> gave him his title. He's eight. really an account coordinator. <laughs> account coordinator. <laughs> content coordinator. All right. Speaking of content, Dirty Mo Media is going to the Indy 500 for the first time in a few weeks. We're going up there to capture all kinds of cool content. I'm going. Our other assistant producers, Andrew Kerlin and Ben Walton, are going. It's going to be a really fun time. A lot of cool stuff planned. And we're also launching this big piece of new original content, Dirty Mo Media, that's going to uh, debut the week leading up to the Indy 500. So stay tuned for that. Wow. Hey, there's Ben. Yep. The other hey, kid over TJ there. figured out his name. It's only taken two months now, whatever it is. Going to the snake pit? Yeah, probably snake pit. Hannah Newhouse is going to be there too, so we're going to hang out with her in the snake pit. That's going to be morning. fun. Hashtag S Junior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's one of his buddies, and the best thing about Andrew is he borrowed his dad's car one time, and he stopped to put gas in it, and he put diesel in it. You know what? I actually messed up one time. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't, don't do it. No? Okay. No. <laughs> How was I supposed to know Andrew, the Sprinter van took diesel? <laughs> Oh, you put oh, so you gasoline put gas in, in a diesel. diesel. Uh-huh, yeah. But that would fit. You know, the diesel doesn't fit in the regular gas deal, right? Um, but it did. He, he just launched her on in there. Okay, just, now that's a different he just story. Stood back and, <laughs> he just stood back and shot it in there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and this kid's like, his IQ is probably 300. Come way <laughs> <higher>. <laughs> so if anyone's been to Indy before tells us what we should go do in Indy, what we should go see, what we should go oh, capture. Got you gotta go to you gotta go to St. Elmo's get I don't care if you get a steak, yeah. but you gotta get a shrimp, shrimp cocktail. We cocktail. already got a reservation there. Mike's are really on board for that one. I'm sure. So wow. Uh, we'll get you a, we'll get you to Vegas there. Yeah. Yeah. Is it you Harry there. and Izzy's? Harry same thing. It's yeah. next door. Um <laughs> go to the Wild Beaver anytime after midnight. The what? Oh god. I swear to God, it's not a strip club. I mean, I know it sounds like one, but it's not. It's a karaoke it's not a bar. Show? It's the it's the Indianapolis version of Saeed's, essentially. Yeah, everybody gets drunk and ends up there at midnight. Haley, and- do you know why they call strip clubs shoe shows? No, because the women are only wearing shoes. Uh, it's not only Vegas ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, around here it's I not mean, that you'd way. You'd be surprised at some of the places <laughs> they've been to on the circuit. Show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, that's the funny part. I feel like you. Every every team has their like little spot. Yeah, this is supposed to be on TV. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Can't be mentioned this stuff. What? What? <laughs> TJ's comment. Cut that one out. <laughs> Are you gonna get in the creek and find a brick? Well, I was gonna ask Dale about that. I was wondering if that's think a legal that. for people just to go like you know no, casually go. I like, think you need to. Do it's it. got to be on the DL. But yeah, it's listen. Get in there and do it. Uh, I can hook you up with Brett Wins. Okay. Brent Wins. He. Uh, I've been trying to get him to get me one. He just got one two or three years ago, and there's a bunch in there still. So what the what the fine you want? I want one. So I'm getting mine before you. But okay. Be careful good. with those uh, security guards, though. They're aggressive. Them yellow shirts. Oh <laughs> yeah, whistles, whistles. We got <laughs> whistles everywhere. Whistles. <laughs> I hope it's documented of them just reaming your ass. Okay. Or something. <laughs> that would be good. He'll We're cut it all out. He'll cut it out if they do. No, no. We'll full or vlogging it all, so it'll be on there. All right, back to our regular scheduled content. <laughs> Well, before we head into spot on, spot off, let's hear a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. If you're interested in buying or selling your home, listen to this next message very carefully. OfferPad is the easiest place to buy and sell your home, and you can get the process started today. It only takes five minutes to do so. Go to OfferPad.com and fill out the form about your home, answer some quick questions, and submit it to OfferPad. They'll get to work on your cash offer. You'll receive that cash offer within 24 hours and be ready to make that move. OfferPad will present you with two great ways to get you sold. With OfferPad's express cash offer, you can sell on your own schedule with more convenience, certainty, and control. With OfferPad's flex option, you list with confidence. It's ideal for those who want to list with maximum value and guidance from real estate experts. 
We're headed down to Texas to race in the Dallas-Fort Worth Denton area this weekend, and it's also one of Offer Pads markets. If you live there or want to move there and are ready to start that process, make sure you check out OfferPad.com. There's a lot of fun things to do in Dallas-Fort Worth area, including eating all the barbecue your heart desires. Check out the homes available today on OfferPad.com. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. It goes like this. Spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. Spot off. Uh, Here we go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ, um, uh, uh, there's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for Spot On, Spot Off. First topic, Haley, I'm throwing you into the fire right now. Okay. Joey Logano says, if Byron wants to keep going back and forth, I'll keep swinging. I don't think that's a good play for him in the long run. He can keep going, but I can promise you I'll keep going and go bigger every time. Spot on, spot off. Is this like a quote they said? Like, that's Oh, yeah, Joey, he said yeah. that. Joey said oh, yeah, that yeah. I mean, I think spot on, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Someone he said his piece. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if someone does something to you, that was a yeah, mic drop. Do it back basically. And more. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he shot the he shot the the shot across the bow there. I mean, and and Joey's shown this in the past. He is not afraid to run into somebody yeah. for whatever it is, whether it's a win or not. I mean, Brett Brett said it on here last week. Nobody's been swung at more than Joey Logano in this sport, and there's a reason for that. So you know, uh, this this didn't come as a surprise to me, uh, and and I think you race Joey accordingly going forward. Yeah, if you do it to someone once, like then if they don't do anything back, you know you can do it again. Yep. I, I think that William Byron owes Joey Logano one, and I think Joey needs to take it like a man when it happens. Um, I am look. I didn't spot off Joey Logano last week for the move, and I thought. You know, it was a chicken move, but I didn't spot off him for it because he won the race. And we talk about win the race at all costs. And and he did that, right? That's his decision. I mean, he had to walk in the garage this week and be stared at by all his, his competitors and peers. And I promise you, they look down on him a little bit for making that move. But that he's got to carry that weight. But here we are back talking about a comment that Joey Logano made, which was, I can go bigger than William Byron. Well, let me tell you something. If I'm William Byron... TJ, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to race my balls off to beat that guy every single weekend. But if there comes a time when I'm out of the playoff and he's still in, that's when I'm going to pay him back. Yeah, that's you basically the words out of my mouth. I I don't know if it's a, you know, William goes into the playoffs, has some bad luck in the beginning. That target on you gets a lot bigger. And to me, you're just making it bigger by this stuff right here. And I, I do agree that, you know, William, they asked William, it's weird because William, I think he said, uh, you know, he, he felt like Joey was, um, I forget what he said exactly, but he's like, do you, he's one up on him. So then they were like, you owe him one. I didn't say that. Well, you just basically said you owed him one. But um, Smiley is turning into a villain. 
is what's happening. Joey Logano, nobody smiles more than Joey Logano. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so, right? Warren Vigas is his manager. Warren Vigas actually worked for me for four to five years. Um, he left my company and went to be Joey's manager. Super proud of him. Joey needs somebody in his ear to give him a little bit of humble pie because I, I, don't, I don't really know what he's doing right here. Are you going to smile and be an ass at the same time? I like the fact that he's walking the walk here or talking the talk, but when it comes time, like you said, if something does happen, I want to see what the reaction is then. Oh, we saw it. We saw it a few years ago when Kenseth stuffed him into fans of Martinsville. He didn't take it very well after he had wrecked Kenseth the week before at Kansas, I think it, it was, was and not Ken, you know, essentially knocked Kent Matt out of the playoffs. Matt did the same back to Joey. I think it was it the next race or later. It was the next race, I think. Was it? I thought it was later for some reason. I maybe maybe it was two weeks later, but, but I, mean, I mean that's the thing though. William didn't retaliate this weekend. He's got it in his back pocket. And we, we said it on here about Ty Gibbs whatever it was a month ago when that deal with Sam before the deal with Sam Mayer, you know, Ty was being very aggressive and pushing people around and we were going to see how he reacted when it came back to him. And we saw that and like, and we talked about this and Haley, you know, this is probably something people tell you, like, if you're going to, if you're going to give it out, you better be ready to get it. Yeah. And I don't care. I, I have no fault with anybody that wants to race aggressively. I just don't want to hear you cry and complain when you get it back. And he's already crying. If Byron wants to keep going, we'll keep going. Byron isn't the one. He, he's not the one going. You're the one going. <laughs> I just think the pass could have been made without destroying the other guy and just wrecking I, I just him. wanted that's to it. see him try. Yeah. He never yeah, that's tried. That's what I'm saying. You know yeah, what I mean? I think if, he would have drove right by if, him, honestly. Yeah, if you, if, you get, if you get there whatever it was, two to go, and you make an attempt, you dive to the bottom of three and four, and it doesn't work, and you regroup, and all right, now I'm coming to the checker, and you move him, I have way less of a problem with that. But as soon as he caught him last week, he put the bumper to him and, and gave him no shot. Drove him straight in the fence. So that, that was where my only fault was. Never even made an attempt to pass him. Spot on, spot off. Kurt Busch's move to get past Kyle Larson for the win at Kansas and earn a win in his, with his fifth different cup organization. Freddie. Hey, Kurt. It's great. 2311 is great. I told you guys. This is the pass that's going to happen at Darlington. Yeah, a hundred percent. They, okay. ra- you know, and that's what like they raced each other respectfully. I heard, you know, they the Kyle got in the fence a little bit when Kurt was going by them for the fiftieth time. And yeah, it wasn't yeah, the no first kidding. time. I mean, God, he was in the fence all day yesterday. He was. Um, but like somebody, I don't know if it was Cliff or a spotter, came on there and said, "Ah, oh, he just fenced us." And Kyle's like, "No, he didn't." Like I Kyle myself knew. Again. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle knew. Like he didn't run me in the wall. He raced me hard, and I got myself in the wall. You know. Yeah. And it was good for Kyle to step up and say that because if he didn't, you know, a lot of people would be jumping on Kurt today about wrecking Kyle. Um, but yeah, this is how you race. Like Kurt was the better car. Kurt was the best car for at least the second half of the race yesterday. His his car it's was ridiculous. on the rails. Yeah, awesome. um, and he he ran down Kyle Bush and passed him. Then ran down Kyle Larson, passed him. Earned so it. I mean, you that's that's how you earn a win in the Cup Series and and did it the right way at the same time. I'm spot on for for Kurt Busch. He's one of the best drivers in the series. He's one of the best NASCAR drivers I've ever personally seen race. And he did it the right way. Um, I, I would have to give a shout out to him, too, for digging himself out of a few holes. The 2311 pit crews, and I'm sure Freddie, you know, has watched this probably closer than I have. They've struggled this year. Their, their net loss on pit road is probably as bad as anybody in the top 15, top 20 in points. So to overcome some of those pit road issues as an organization and still be able to win the race speaks a lot to how good of a driver he is because track position is still king. And when you, the further you go to the back, the harder it is to get back to the front. I mean, I really like Kyle Larson, <laughs> but I would say with everything with that situation, for sure, Kurt, like, I think it was all good. Mm-hmm. I'm spot on. That was a great race. Mm-hmm. Two guys and Kurt got up on the wheel and made the pass. And even if he did brush Larson a little bit, I'd have been OK with that, too. You're going for a win. Um, Larson was very aggressive with him. He didn't hit him, but I mean, 
the, at one point I looked up off of two and, and, Kyle, and Larson's car was pointing right at us. And I was like, oh gosh, he's going to, Kyle or Kurt's getting ready to drive right into him. And what a race. I mean, for those guys up there and, and Kurt was the best car and um, dude got up on the wheel. Spot on. Yeah, it's I mean, one of Haley's favorite tracks. She wants to go there twice a year. I personally don't. I think yesterday's race <laughs> was phenomenal, but give me that in the playoff. Give me that starting the playoff. I mean, I'm looking at Jeff Gluck's poll right now. Was Kansas a good race? 90% of people are saying yes. We have to figure out a way to make that race a little bit more special and a little bit more of a big event to get that place, race to get that place packed. And, and we, and in order to do that, you put it right there on the playoffs or right at the fringe. It's of the not playoffs. far behind Homestead as far as that type of a racetrack. It's a great racetrack. Yeah. I mean, you talk, starts insane. Going back to Kurt, you know, Kurt had a ton of speed last week at Darlington and unfortunately had two bad pit stops where he came out of the pits last and was still driving back up to the top five to seven, every run essentially. Um, and then we got caught up in the same wreck on the backstretch there. But, I mean, you look at Kurt's stats. That's his 19th season with a win. There, I think there's only like three or four guys in the sport that have had more than that, the Richard and Kai and Jeff and all them. Um, nine consecutive winning seasons now in a row. And, and, and I feel like that's something that blew – that was more surprising to me than the fact that he had won 19 years because I know he's been around for a while and he's been a really good driver. That's a lot. Nine consecutive seasons, and that's, a, that's across three different teams and without losing, you know, this is his fifth different organization he's won in. Um, this is why I felt like he was the perfect teammate for us at 2311 because you don't have – and we see this right now at Trackhouse, I feel like – we talked about at the beginning of the year when when Kurt Busch comes over to twenty three eleven racing. I don't think anybody's expecting Bubba Wallace to go out there every week and outrun Kurt Busch. You know what I mean? And and it's it you're bringing in a guy that's essentially there to mentor Bubba. You know, Kurt's probably on the downside of his career. Obviously, he's not going to go anywhere for a little while here. But you know, this guy here is here to help Bubba. You know, that's the clear and cut case there, as opposed to a team like Trackhouse where you've got two guys, Ross and Daniel, that are. Head to head, there's no clear cut number one. I mean, right now there probably is, considering how well Ross is running. But it's easy to see them guys butting heads more so than Kurt and Bubba because they both, Bubba and Kurt are established in their different points of their career. Um, But yeah, I mean, twenty three eleven, we've had incredible speed this year. I felt like, and Kurt doesn't feel threatened by Bubba. No, and Bubba doesn't feel like Bubba doesn't feel like if he doesn't go out there every week and beat Kurt, you know, that he's doing something wrong. I think Kurt would enjoy seeing Bubba have success. and, and, And I mean, we have meetings every week before the race. They have meetings every week, you know, at the shop. Um, and the teamwork is incredible. The, the cars are, have been rocket fast. Uh, this is the best Bubba's ever driven in his career. We don't really have a lot of great results to show for it for many other factors. But, yeah, I mean, yesterday was tough. We had driven back up to the top five with 50 to go and got a, another pit road penalty, unfortunately. And Bubba still came back. And a lot of times in the past, that's a good opportunity for Bubba to do something stupid and wreck. And he didn't. He did a really good job yesterday. He drove back to the top 10. We got out of there with top 10, and we can kind of build off of that. But, yeah. So twenty three eleven deal is Kurt's is a past champion. You were about probably two or three, <laughs> probably right. It was like yeah, it was a long time ago. It was like 2003 or something. Oh four. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's but Kurt's uh, Kurt carries himself very well nowadays, and I think Kurt's a great teammate for for Bubba. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had some more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, what would you do? The best way to squeeze in that extra special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. 
Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. Multiple drivers face flat left rear tires on Sunday at Kansas. TJ, this one's for you. It's hard to be. It's, I don't believe this is a, I don't believe it's a tire issue. No. So this is a setup issue where people are pushing the envelope. I don't like to see wrecked race cars, but this is, you're pushing the envelope on it and we know the risk with it. And you know, it's speed. It's like camber, right front camber used to be really fast, but if you run too much, you blow a tire. It's the same thing in the left rear now. So apparently that tire is very sensitive to the, to the camber that people are running. Um, I don't think it's a Goodyear issue. It's just speed. People going for speed and get bit by it sometimes. Tabboy and I actually talked about this on the roof at Daytona. These smaller sidewalls would impact at some point the racing. And, and I think with the independent rear suspension these cars have, that smaller sidewall, how much balance, I mean, Brian Murphy and I were talking about it, how much balance has been shifted to the rear. Um, man, that left rear tire, if you get too low on that air pressure, you're in trouble. Teams are going to want Goodyear to do better, but Goodyear at the end of the day is going to point the finger back to the teams and say, this is on you, right? So I... I'm, I'm spot on. I look, I'm, I'm spot on for the fact that it adds a dynamic to the race, right? You've got to manage all the things properly. And if you don't, you end up getting behind. Coming from the guy that so, doesn't want a tire limit. I, 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 I don't want a tire limit. Um, I, because if we had a tire limit yesterday and you had all these cautions coming out for left rear tires, what are we going to do? You're going to want four tires because of this issue. So you're saying with your strategy, you want it limited and you want to stay out and then you're going to be royally screwed. I want people to be put in a position like they were. And some people took a chance. The seven a handful of them guys, 47 stayed out that one time, tried to get some stage points. Uh, the 47, I believe may have stayed up there. Okay. A couple of them fell pretty hard, but I like that. I like the opportunity to be there. Yeah. So Brett, you're, you're saying that now teams need to factor in the fact that they'll have tire issues depending on the setup they have. I mean, we saw this coming in practice. What do we have? Four left rears flat in the first five to 10 minutes yeah. of practice. You can't even run many laps and you're already having an issue. So the teams immediately know, okay, we're challenged with being able to go a full fuel run potentially without losing this tire. We obviously got better at it, but I mean, I, Justin Haley and I were sitting at a bar watching the end of the race yesterday and we're literally what's over under on what lap the caution is going to come out for a left rear tire going down. So it, I, I love to see this playing into the strategy. And at the end of the day, the engineering, the data that TJ loves to talk about and the crew chief, this is on them. This sitting on the guy or gal holding the wheel. Yeah, essentially, the tire you know, it's definitely not on Goodyear because there's numerous guys out there that had no issues whatsoever. If, you, if, if one car can make it yeah, it's throughout not the, the course of the race, it's not the tire's fault. Yeah, this now, is, and we, we've seen places where it was the tire's fault, yeah. but I don't think that was yesterday. This is, and, it's, and I'll kick this to Haley in a second, but you know, this is like Brett said, it's on the crew chief. Like This is what we had back in the day, like TJ said, right front camber they used they had to put in minimum air pressures because guys were were pushing the limits and we were blowing right front tires and now with, with the independent rear suspension it's the same thing they're running too much camber and then and that's affecting your tire pressure and and 
you are making the determination of, do I want to go this much faster and take the risk or not? And Haley, like if you're a driver and you're, and you have any kind of feedback on your crew chief, like, what do you want? Do you want to play it safe or do you want him to push that limit as far as he can, even though it may put you at risk? Uh, it's a risk versus reward. <laughs> you see, uh, yeah, you know, I, know. I, know. Like, I think it kind of depends where we were running, kind of stacking up. If we were in the kind of the front half versus the rear half, it would just depend because like you hear how hard it is to get, um, get parts in the having backups. Like if people going to track with three cars and having one backup, like that's, that's a tough game to be in. And I think that with how hard it is to get stuff, it might not, might not be worth it. But if you're in that top 15 and you need a little more, you know, you're kind of in the hunt of it. Like, then maybe it is worth it, but I don't know. It's all, it's risk versus reward. Absolutely. And you know what, one thing I thought was interesting about Sunday's race, you guys can tell me this. I'll, I'll ask you the question and then I'll, I'll give you my opinion. What normally constitutes a competition caution? Rain and <laughs> tire, tire wear. Tire wear. Yeah. And we, we pretty, didn't have either one of those issues I'm going pretty, into Sunday. I'm what are you alluding sure. to? Well, Adam, we had a, hailstorm on Sunday morning before the race. We had 10 cars have trouble in practice. What are you saying? I, I just thought that maybe I was expecting to have a competition caution since we had the two biggest factors. That- I think they knew somebody else would take care of the competition caution for us. The, I the- mean... I, Thanks, I, Brett. I did, I did, yeah, I appreciate it, Brett. Thank you. Uh, I didn't understand that at all, and I, I'm sure I'll get yelled at for that. But, like, I didn't understand. We had rain all morning, and then we had tire issues all weekend, and not just rain, the, the, like more, it was the most bad. obvious race, the most obvious race to have a calm caution. We don't have one. So I didn't I didn't I didn't really understand that. But yeah, uh, I'm sure what an idiot. No, not yet. I got a better one. Idiot than that. <laughs> it's a really good one. I really hope Dale's going to the race next week so that he can join oh, yeah, your he holler. Can, he can come as a holler. Spot on spot off. <laughs> Six Toyotas finish inside the cup top 10 for the first time since Watkins Glen in 2017 and Denny Hamlin's crew chief Chris Gabehart said last week that I'm convinced we are the most dangerous 22nd place points team in the history of the sport. Brett. I think Chris Gabehart has the current championship format to thank for being the most dangerous because if this were the old format, he wouldn't even have the word championship in his vocabulary. So congrats to those guys. Obviously, Denny's a great race car driver. Um, I I do need to ask the question. I'm sure Freddie knows the answer. How many Toyotas were taken back to the NASCAR R&D Center yesterday following the race? I think... The only ones that went back to the wind tunnel are the 23 and the 11. But, I mean, I had to wait on the damn airplane because the Toyotas were so fast yesterday that uh, five out of the six teams were in tech or getting the 23 ready to go to the wind tunnel. So I missed the entire Ranger game, which broke my heart. Um, I, I, I love the parody that we have here. Freddie, obviously, is Team Toyota on Sunday. I'm Team Chevrolet. TJ is Team Ford. I'm going to say the obvious. Ford is... Is it a dis? I know they just won Darlington, but aero wise, they seem to be at a pretty significant disadvantage. So NASCAR's in a, in a weird spot here. We've seen rule changes, and Haley, I don't know as a driver how you feel about this. Personally, I think it's BS when we make rule changes in the middle of a freaking year. Um, but we've seen rule changes come out to help a manufacturer that seems to be down. What's going on in the garage right now with the tech that Freddie just talked about, the wind tunnel that that they're doing with cars this week? We could see Ford get some help. I mean, we Brett Keselowski got out qualified by Cody Ware this weekend. Yeah, that's not that shouldn't ever happen. 
<laughs> well, you know, like we talked about, Brad had to be a little conservative because, like Haley just referenced, they didn't have a backup car. Chris wrecked in practice, and and they Roush used up their their one backup car. So you know, he had to be a little conservative. But yeah, I agree, he probably should have been back there that far. But you know, there was rumors beginning of the year, preseason, that when they did the initial tests on these bodies, that Ford had a big advantage. And they were told that they were not, you know, they made a rule change then to take a lot of that away. And, and obviously it's kind of, you're seeing the effects of that now, because if you build a car, you know, you spend all this time developing your car, you're submitted to whoever, you know, NASCAR, whoever it is going to approve it. And they go, nah, no, you're going to do this, this, and this. Now you've got, instead of this whole year and a half or whatever, two years you've been developing this car. Now you've got two months to to get it ready for Daytona or get it ready for wherever else. So I'm sure that probably put them behind the eight ball if, if those rumors are true. Um, and like Brett said, when they do this, you can expect changes. When they take two cars from every organization or every manufacturer to the wind tunnel, they're looking to see who's got what advantage where and how they can level the playing field some. And, and it's different on the team side, TJ, because the teams used to be able to go home and make their own body. They can't do that anymore. No, they're buying making- this body. Yeah, you're buy you're buying your body and stuff, but it's I buy weird. my body. Look at this. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. Big clicking beer, beer and fast food. Huh? <laughs> um, you go to Daytona, look at qualifying. This the straight speed of the car, you know, was you had. I don't think the fours qualified very well, um, but in the race we were able to work with each other better, and that proved to be more beneficial. But raw speed wise. You know, was struggling still, but you know, I I agree with your point. But I know everyone's working on it, and you know, every week we go back, and I know they work hard on it. Matt and them guys are, you know, doing everything we can do, and I feel like we're. When I went over there, I knew we would would have some growing pains. Like you're gonna have, no matter what. I mean, it's gonna happen. So Freddie had a lot of it last year, and. You just got to keep calling through. I don't think we were terrible yesterday. We weren't super good. We put together a solid race. I don't know, 14th. Took advantage of some attrition and stuff, which is what we need to do. You know, keep building on that. Let these guys keep fine-tuning that car now and figuring out what we need to do. We were we were pretty far off. We unloaded, but um, made some changes, and uh, we were okay in the race. I thought, you know, we made some strides there, so that's good and encouraging. We can keep building on that. Uh, Haley, this next one is for you. Spot on, spot off. ARCA team owner Billy Venturini's interview during the ARCA race. And Jason, you want to read that? I know what David Gilliland feels. Drew wrecks all your when he's driving for you and he wrecks it all when he's racing against you. So I can understand why he punched him in the eye at Bristol last year. Just typical bonehead move by Drew. Just pure lack of talent. Great kid, just doesn't need to be a race car driver. I, th- I think Haley knows this firsthand. Oh, man. <laughs> I swear. I couldn't be around Drew for two laps without getting wrecked by him, put in the fence. I couldn't tell you I'm about at the point with Arca where I should have been invoicing him for the races. Like, it was so bad. Like, it was always race after race after race. And I was just over it, and I completely understand. I mean, like, it's kind of like it speaks for itself. Like, Must have a lot of dollars. And, and I mean, dollars you, you drove family. like I don't know five or six races for Billy, so I'm I assuming that I'm this not, doesn't surprise you at all that I'm he said not this. the biggest Venturini <laughs> fan. Um, <laughs> but like I'm taking their side on this one. <laughs> uh, it's rare, but like I don't think I have before in the past. But I think right here we are. Like I don't know. I'm not Drew Dollar fan either. I mean, he tried to. He's tried to just. He always dive bombs me in the truck series when he raced there too. He'd end up wrecking himself with it. Like it's just typical. Yeah, I remember that. 
is a funny one. I kind of laughed when he was going backwards. I laughed after we didn't get wrecked in it, but yeah. he wrecked himself trying to dot. Like, Texas has that weird entry into one, mm-hmm. and he was all the way down. Like, I'm going to exit pit road down here or something. and just I was at the bottom. Up. Like, I was at the bottom, so I was not letting him get to my inside. And he tried. He still figured oh, out a way to try to get and down And then there. all of a sudden, I looked at my mirror, and there he's backwards going towards the wall. <laughs> so is he the new John West Townley? I heard John West Dollar on the roof at least three times the other day. So I don't, I don't know who that was. Uh, I don't. I mean, I didn't do the Arca race, so I don't know. I mean, I've. I'm I'm spot on for Billy Venturini's take on this. I mean, yeah. I, I watched the wreck. He's very candid. Play out, and I watched the guy make Honest. a huge yes. mistake, Honest. and he took the leader out. And if he's wrecking as many people as Haley says he's wrecking, then he needs to go away. Yeah, I think that. I mean, you've seen that that 18 car before that thing is on rails you see when ty was in it like it was unbeatable and like he was running like fourth third fourth like i don't know that puts the pressure on him even more to to try to be up there and winning races and stuff so i thought it was funny we were at dover and we flew and they had they must have had arca race or like arca east race i guess yeah so when we landed i seen that i worked for the venerinis forever that was one of my first full-time jobs when i worked moved down here was working for big bill and kathy and uh, I saw Big Bill and Kathy, so I went over to say hi to them. And Big Bill made a comment. He's like, hey, you need to have me on your podcast. And I jokingly said, well, just have Billy say something real stupid, and then I'll have you on that week. And here we are three weeks later. And I thought, <laughs> do, you, do you have him booked on the show yet? I, you know, I, he, he'll, he, he would probably love to come on here. And then if we didn't have three or four guests lined up already, maybe we would have done it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I hate to say this, and, and Haley kind of referenced it earlier. Um, this Arca series is a bit of a joke to watch these days. Um, you know, I looked the other day. There's five cars in the lead lap. The, the guy that was running 10th or 12th was five laps down. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you can do to bring that series back if it has to just go back to the to the K&N style where it's a more short track based. More dollars. But, but <laughs> no, I mean, that's the last thing you want. You're, yeah. you're going to spend more dollars if that's the case. No, I agree with that completely. Yeah, like 110%. I mean, you got cars literally finishing in the top 10 to three laps down. Yeah. Like, are you like, I think that's even more than that I mean, sometimes. We've seen a race the other night. The, I mean, a race I felt obviously after Drew took out um, Corey, you know, it was the two rev cars racing each other and, and Raja, who I'm a huge fan of, he's kind of come, you know, he's a, yeah. he kind of leans on Bubba a lot. He's t- he's sending me a lot of text messages and we've conversed a lot about his career and, and, you know, how to take the right steps to do some stuff. And I felt like that he was in a position to win the race the other day until, you know, there's some lap car just looked look oblivious to the fact that he's coming up behind him and just pulls up right in front of him. And yeah. he had a check up and that's how Nick got back in front mm-hmm. of Raja. And then Raja was never able to get back around him. What are you him. talking about? When, was it there or Kansas whenever you put Garrett in that position? <laughs> it was Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so TJ, is this something like, do the officials step in since this kid is, obviously off the no. I mean, I guess a no, punch no. in the eye don't even work. Like usually when you get punched in the face, that usually kind of calms you down a little bit. I mean, I don't think it's, I think the problem is it's not intentional. Yeah. I think that's the biggest problem. Eventually you run out of places to go and race. Sounds like he runs out of talent. That's you, exactly what you, it is. Like right? you're eventually going to run out of places to go and race and you're just going to be done. You're either going to figure it out or you're just going to be done. Well, the pro like now he's reached it. This is it. Yeah. You know, you're I driving, like you're driving KBM trucks, you're driving Gibbs cars, KBM Gibbs slash Arca cars. How much money does this kid got? If you can't win races, a lot of dollars. Guys, yeah, dollar. What do you think? Yeah. You wow. heard about that family, right? Know, whoever, a lot of dollars. <laughs> Should be a million dollars. Whoever his dad is, he's very sick. <laughs> dollar general. Uh, is that him? <laughs> but yeah, like this is it. Like if you can't perform in the stuff you're driving in now, like it's it. I agree with Billy. It's time to pack it in. Yeah. 
For sure. A great interview, though. Thanks, Billy. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> it was I mean, good. It I was, was in the holler with all my crew guys. When you saw him, they showed him on TV, and I you <laughs> I couldn't wait for them to get a microphone to him. Because he was, <laughs> you know, when he has that look, and I know Freddie knows, when, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be good. And the Vitorinis have been nothing but great for that series. I mean, they've, they've supported oh, it, been owners in it. Three, like four with, cars for numerous with, years. Without the Vitorinis, Arca series is in a bad place. So. Oh, yeah. No, I feel like they're the reason why that series is still yeah, what agree. it is. Yeah. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Well, we might need like 10 minutes to just share this one, but the Texas All-Star Race format. Jason? This is my favorite yearly segment where we take two minutes to read the entire format because it's maybe a little confusing. So (laughs) A little. A little. Sunday's race is four stages. Stages one through three are 25 laps. Stage four is 50 laps. The stage one winner will start on the pole in the final stage as long as he finishes 15th or better in stages two and three. Stage two winner starts P2 in the final stage. Again, he has finished P15 or better in stage three. Between stages two and three, there will be a pit stop competition. Each team will perform a four-tire stop. Teams with the shortest pit in to pit out time will start P4. The team with the shortest time will start P4 in the final stage, as long as they finish better than P15 in the stage three. The stage three winner will start P3 in the final stage. And then I give up. It's as if they do this over I'm here. I'm confused. Jason, stage four is <laughs> take a that, drink. Yeah. We're going to take a commercial break. I will come right back with the rest of the format. <laughs> Stage four, if there's a natural caution between laps 15 to 25 of the final stage, standard race procedures are in effect. If there's no natural caution between those laps, NASCAR will call an all-star competition caution. Good luck on Sunday. Could you imagine reading that and then someone saying, we're going to give you a test on the information you just you just read? Like, what the f- are How we How are you going to get fans to understand it? That's what, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want to know at NASCAR, because there's a lot of situations I feel like come up, who's making these decisions? Yeah. Like, I, I don't... There's Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I asked them that very question yeah. in the meeting. Like, we, we, there are a lot of times in these scenarios, we would love to know who actually is making this decision. I feel like they need to put a name on the spot of it. Like, who's, who's the face of these decisions? Like... I don't they know. They probably I've, do that on purpose. There's, I know, yeah. They're they all hiding. Hate they mail. know. They know. Oh. I feel like it's the same person that chooses whether to run the AC in this building or not. <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean... Uh, let's just start rattling off questions and I, uh, maybe they can answer them for us next week. So, okay. You said the stage one winner starts on the pole mm-hmm. of the second stage. As long as he finishes 15th stage, he starts on the pole, the final, oh, stage. the final stage. Yeah. Uh, what if he doesn't finish 15th? Where does he start? Oh, no. oh weird. Um, so if the guy in the second stage doesn't win, you know, the step doesn't finish top 15, where's he start? I don't know. Oh, behind um, the guy that won the first one. So third, uh, so I guess that third place guy, if he wins the stage, he's obviously finished top 15. So he'll yep. be on the pole for the final stage. So now you're going to put the pit crew competition winner on the front row for the last stage. As long as he finishes top 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially the winner of the pit crew competition is probably gonna be on the front row or could be on the front row for a, a million dollar race. Um, what, what are we doing? I don't understand. Like there's so much, I guess, pit crew competition, total time. So that's going to be on pit road, not just your pit stop. Yeah, I would think. Yep. Yeah. Don't uh, get me wrong that when they used to do the separate competition for a pit crew, like that was my favorite of the entire, maybe you should week. just do that again. 
Yeah. yeah. So I think the idea is there. It's just a no, lot. Like, listen, I'll let these guys go before I give my ideas on what <laughs> we should do with this race. But I mean, it's just uh, the all-star caution. I like the idea of it. But why are we doing it with 25 to go? Let's do it with 10. Like, if we're going to go gimmick, let's let's go all out gimmick. Like, what 25's are we, too far. Yeah, like 25. You know, I mean, you're going to have a restart, but it's going to get split out again. Like, that's just. So I think you're missing the beginning of this, too, is where are we at? Texas. Texas. You don't want to be in Texas for the all-star race? I just think that track is narrow. I think it's very narrow, and it's going to be hard to to make moves. And, and you know, the when track's you think, not narrow. No, the racing groove is very narrow. The groove is narrow. The, the tracks six tracks race really tracks. wide. Yeah, you can yeah. put six race tracks there. Um, <laughs> but it's just hard to. It's hard. It's not. It, they don't go into the corner. And fan out. <laughs> You're too wide. Mate, three sketchy. Um, somebody's probably jumping the cushion. Um, I just. You know, I think the format all stars should be exciting, and I'm not. You know, I don't know. I, it, it could get spread out there and be hard to even. Yeah, I mean, before we even talk about the racing, we have to f- get a way to figure out how our fans can understand what the hell they're even watching. Like, I don't understand it. Like, okay, who start? Who starts fifth in the final stage? Probably whoever gets off pit road after stage three. That's my guess. Probably, probably. Well, do you know? No, Nobody knows. No one's told. Like me. you when, know, like when, when I first started in this sport, I would reach a lot of people that would say, "I've never been to a NASCAR race. What race should I go to?" All star. And I would say <laughs> to them, "You need to go to the All Star race." And they would say, "Why?" And I would say, "Because there's going to be a race before it where the winner." Makes transfers it. in only now the we got like five honorable mentions that are all stars we got fan votes we got all kind of going on right and then my second favorite part of it of it was i was like then you're gonna have the best drivers in our sport line up there's gonna be 15 to 20 of them and they're gonna have a short race realistically almost an xfinity or truck series race in terms of the duration of the race and it's gonna be under the lights it's gonna be awesome and you get to decide whether or not you like nascar Cup Series series racing now i would not dare tell a fan your first race needs to be the all-star race because a it's a it's a disaster you you can't sit in the stands where oh by the way your phone doesn't work and be able to figure out who's going to start where so the pa guy i hope he's smarter than whoever created this format because somebody's gonna have to be able to understand and explain him Maybe it was the PA guy at Texas Motor Speedway. And under no circumstance should we leave Charlotte, North Carolina and fly halfway across the country to Texas Motor Speedway to do this. It should be right around Charlotte. Yeah. I and mean, when I say right around Charlotte, I'll say Martinsville. I'll say Bristol. I'll, I'll even go as far as Atlanta. But it's ridiculous that we're going all the way to Texas for this. Yeah. I mean, you're making teams that have – I would. I don't want to give anybody no shot because anybody thinks happens. But anything can happen. But – Teams that BJ McLeod has to go to this race, and you don't think he's gonna. Transfer I don't think him? he's gonna win the open. I, I just, sure? I'm just thinking that. You know, I, I, I he had a tough day yesterday, and and but I mean, why? This is mandatory. They have to go. You know, I mean, like the Rick Ware Racing has we to go. Were, like, we were talking about this at the beginning of the year with the uh, first Coliseum. Race. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, is there has to be conversations with teams going on right now, like as ticks. Like, why are we doing this? Like, we're, we're doing it because Texas Motor Speedway has two cup dates. Right. And they, they partnered with Coda for one of their dates. So they lost the cup date. So when they lost that cup date, they moved it from Charlotte to Texas. So this is always going to be, as of right now, at an SMI track. During COVID, where we go? Bristol. Bristol. It was awesome. I thought it was a great all-star race, right? So this is Texas Motor Speedway's way of getting TV money to that racetrack. 
I, I mean, I hate to say this, but like yesterday, the, the crowd at Kansas was as poor as I've ever seen it. And, 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 and I say that in a disheartening way because the racetracks, they don't care. It's like 8% of their overall revenue. They need to be incentivized to pack the house. That's why I made the comment earlier. Kansas is a great racetrack. It needs to have one event, and we need to figure out how to make it special. Because, unfortunately, we catch crap on TV all the time because, A, the stands aren't full. And then here's your other struggle. We take sponsors to the racetrack that pay millions of dollars, and we're standing on pit road, and you're telling them how great it is, and they're spending all this money. And they look up in the stands, and they look back at you, and they go, well, why is, why is nobody here? That's on the racetrack they, they these promoters and these racetracks have got to take the incentive to to get people out there cut his mic off i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. hot in here now it's even hotter no i agree that. with you as a driver trying to come up the ranks like hounding trying to find sponsor money because that's what i run off of like it's tough trying to bring together millions of dollars you go on the truck series like it's very tough and uh, showing people who like Look at the stands and the, oh, I, isn't NASCAR dying? You're like, oh, no, there's just no one going. Like, like oh, no, but TV ratings are great. Like, TV ratings are great. They're 10%. Like, yeah. they're like, I right, well, what if, they, uh, what if they don't show you much on TV? And you're like, oh, well, I can do 10 Instagram posts for you. Like, that's the battle I'm facing. And, and, and you bring up an awesome point because you just came off of a second place finish to Tony Stewart and SRX, right? <laughs> Last year. Yeah. So so SRX, you see how they're doing it at track. Oh, Is it man. a lot different than how we're doing it? The hospitality was amazing. Like everything was so coordinated right, timed right. Like there was always people to help you with everything, make sure you're ready to go. Like always, how can I help you? How can I help you? Do you need something to eat? Let me go get you some food. Like it always just, they catered to their drivers and it was awesome. Like super, super awesome. We had signings. Uh, thousands of people at signings. Like, it was just super, super cool. I was sitting there with Bill Elliott. Like, it's just cool moments. And I think that they did a lot of things right. I, I've they been around. took the windshields out on the dirt. Right. And it <laughs> changed the game of it. Yeah. Ultimately, I raced, I raced at Knoxville and SRX, and I raced at Knoxville and Trucks. And it was two completely different races. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you add that factor in. Like, hey, they, no, that's right. I, 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 just, I just know I've been around a lot of guys in this sport. And when they have their helmet on, and even you right now, you have your helmet on. You're a big deal. When you take that helmet off and you you retire, right? You you find it a little bit harder to get free concert tickets. You find it a little <laughs> bit harder to get the backstage passes. You find it a little bit harder to get that private jet ride to tell you ride, right? Oh, um, a private jet ride. Yeah. <laughs> private jet ride. So, so what, what SRX has done though is they've taken the retired retired guys. And they've made it like super relevant again. And you've got tens of thousands of people coming out to Nashville mm -hmm. and coming out to Eldor and coming out to wherever they go. I-55 Raceway, right? So I, I think we as a Packing sport. Packing the house. We as a sport have to put more pressure on our track presidents to pack the house. I think the problem is you got fans who NASCAR isn't bringing in as much as they're trying to. They aren't bringing in younger fans. Like still they're not. Like it's just end of story kind of the deal of it. But their fans are still that older, older generation. And so they're completely not catering to that older generation of who their core fan base is. Like, and I think that SRX kind of hit it with the home run right there because they brought all those older generation's favorite drivers back. And it took them out from them maybe turning on NASCAR here and there, like to actually coming to the track again to be able to see Billy race and all these other guys. But there, like you said, too, you said there's autograph sessions. Autographs. Imagine being able to go up after 
20 years of Bill being your favorite driver and being able to go to an autograph session and have him sign your poster or die cast that you've had forever. Like that's, that's, but that's also, you know, a good point you mentioned too. They're also at race tracks that are home tracks for these people. Mm -hmm. And like when you go to a Millbridge, the, the atmosphere of it, it's not like all lights and like people everywhere. You can Mm -hmm. just hang out. And I feel like that the SRX did a great job of catering to those, the entire, every demographic, but also just that home track feel. Mm -hmm. Kurt Kurt Busch winning is not going to bring out a younger demographic, but Mm -hmm. Kurt Busch driving the Jordan brand car very well could. Haley Haley Deegan, you're, you're at a awesome, I mean, you're, you're in my mind, the Casey Kane of 20 years ago, you can bring a lot of new fans into our sport because your age and your demographic, Roger Carruth, another prime example of mm-hmm. a guy like NASCAR and these tracks have to partner on how do we leverage those type of opportunities, to get our fan base younger. But at the end of the day, Haley, I, this is, I've said this for the millionth time, young people aren't going to come if their phones don't work. Yeah. Oh, 110%. I hate it being at the track and your phone doesn't work. It makes it hard for me to do my job. I got a sponsor post to do. I got, there's a reason why I can get people to pay for a truck series race. And I can assure you, it's not just to have a logo on the side of a truck. And like, I got, I got work to get done there too. Like have not having service there. Like that's critical. You got, these races are long. If you're going to make these races long where people do get bored, you, you need to have the phones work. And we do our best when the campgrounds are full and that's a three day experience for families to come out. They, we got to have these it's a weekend. Work. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a whole weekend. So, Hey, awesome job, spot on, spot off, right there. <laughs> I got. I still got to circle back because I. I want. I, I. I talk about it on here all the time. I don't like to bash a, a me, decision. Freddy. I know. I do that often. <laughs> I don't like to. I don't like to bash a decision without an alternative option. You know what I mean? I. I. I we can go with the task, God, the format here, all you want. But if you don't have a better idea, then 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 what are you doing? Um. You know. And I think it was Gluck that brought it up on Twitter, and I just kicked it around and. Like the idea of eliminating cars from each stage is what you need to do. Because essentially when you get to the last stage anyway, what's the pressure on? If you get to the last stage, you're not winning from 10th. You're not winning from 6th probably if it's a, you know, a 25, 50 lap stage. Yes, what so, else you're not doing? You're not making any money, so you're not going to race no, hard. Yeah, so if you, if you tell these guys, I'm eliminating five cars at the end of every stage, you're not going to want to, you know, you're going to obviously drive your ass off for those 25 laps because you don't want to get eliminated. You still want to have some kind of shot at racing. You know, we see it all the time. If you go out there and you're the guy that transferred the fan vote and you're running 20th, like you're like, okay, great. I'm going to run these 25 laps and then I'll just ride around back here or whatever all night. Like if you, if you know that, all right, if I pass these four cars in front of me, I can continue on in this race. You're going to make the guys at the back half of the field run harder. And and that might put on a better show for the fans that come want to come out and watch it now. Pressure and then, needs to be And on. then if there's five guys left at the end of the race, now now we've really condensed all the attention to these these five guys are racing for a million dollars right here. And I think that the that is the way to go instead of trying to incentivize winning because we've seen it especially at Texas. If you get out front, more than likely, you're going to win this stage. Nobody's really going to run you down in 25 laps and pass you. So what you need to incentivize is the fact that you've got to run hard wherever you're at on the racetrack to try to be one of them five guys. Because if now if you're in a top five in a 25, 50 lap shootout, you've got a shot at a million dollars. If you're running 10th to 15th, you've got no shot. Really, so five I mean, you, guys, green, white, checker. No, nah, I mean, not, you know, maybe not green, white, checker, I'm but fine you know, with I'll, that. I'll be with 10, you know, 10 laps, something like that's too long. That's how it just stands out is for BC 39. Like yeah. you saw that. I mean, granted, if you wreck out like the first lap, that sucks, but they eliminate cars so that it makes it 
more of a motivation for the guys who are up front and more exciting for the last few laps. You just have to you have to incentivize these guys to run harder because if you're running 10th or 12th in that race and you know your car's not great, you're just going to be out there for a Sunday drive. I'm just going to finish this race and get the hell out Especially of here. Especially now. Yeah. So it's a you're, you're, you're on to something, but at the very end, the last shootout is on a quarter mile instead of the track. <laughs> yeah, the last lap, you got to slow down and make, run like the legs. Like a joker lap. You got to run a joker and lap. And you have to eliminate the spotters. And then we go, there we go. Easy. No, we never want to eliminate the spotters. Okay. <laughs> hey, Door Bumper Clear fans. This is Mike Davis with Dirty Mo Media, and I want to give you five reasons why RacingUSA.com is our favorite store for NASCAR merchandise. First, NASCAR fans have rated RacingUSA.com Google's top source for NASCAR merchandise, so you can always buy with confidence. Second, RacingUSA.com automatically discounts every order in your cart, so you always get the best price. Third, RacingUSA.com guarantees the lowest pre-order prices, so you do not have to shop around for a better price. Fourth, RacingUSA.com ships all in-stock orders the next business day, so you can get your order faster than anyone else in the industry. And fifth, RacingUSA.com has a wide selection of current season hats, apparel, die-cast, and novelties for the sport's most popular drivers. You can find products that are not available elsewhere, like the exclusive Door Bumper Clear Justin Algar autograph die-cast that sold out in less than two weeks. Fans, RacingUSA.com is Door Bumper Clear's choice for NASCAR merchandise, and we want it to be yours as well. So whenever you need a new hat, t-shirt, die-cast, helmet, or novelty to show your support for your favorite driver, we want you to shop at RacingUSA.com, where you are always somebody special. Yeah, this is Andrew. I am the Brett Griffin Fan Club President of the Indiana Chapter. Finally, yes! Way to go, Josh! Way to go! The data tells me that Bubba still sucks. Freddie, you can't see I just want to say, I'm not drunk. My great-grandma could outrun him, and she's 90-8. Reaction Theater rolls in three, two, one. Urging up through the track, getting by guards, avoiding blocks, preventing Larson from stealing the victory. Here comes Kurt Busch with a slam dunk. He is 43 years old and still taking drivers to school. Have you ever seen a car get posterized before? Well, you have now, and it was in the most respectful of ways. Logano wishes he could win a race like that. That's pretty good getting posterized. That's actually a good analogy. That was intense. Yeah. That that sounds like, that sound like a WWF announcer. That was very, <laughs> the guy, he didn't sleep much last night. I tell you what, the next time I have a jar at my house that I can't get open, I'm calling James Hook, tire carrier, petty GMS <laughs> racing to get on over here and fix that for me. That was the best, most entertaining three minutes of pit road coverage in years. That's Rick James, boys. That's uh, James Houck is his last name, I yeah. think. But, uh, yeah, I, those are my guys at the 43. They've been there forever. Uh, feeds. Uh, the guys that wave on pit road. Yeah, every week. For years. Hilarious. Uh, they, I mean, I felt bad. I, talked, I text back and forth the feeds a little bit last night about a feedler is the tire changer. And uh, he just said, it's, you know, you hate to have something brand new happen in the sport that it happens to you. But it just essentially, he said, I forget exactly what he said. It just essentially knocked the cap off the tire and, or off the wheel there and, and got it yeah. too tight and they couldn't get it off. And the funniest part about the whole thing was Booty was giving us play by play of what was going on because he could see their pit box from ours and he was like, 
Yeah, they got a big ass torque wrench on it now, trying to or like a. a I saw that yeah, thing. The, yeah, I didn't know that thing even then, existed. And then he's like, "Oh, that didn't work." Now they got a, a impact or a concrete saw. Nope, that ain't working. Now it's an air chisel. Oh, somebody almost got decapitated. He said, <laughs> "He's a man." But yeah, old, old Rick James, he's the man. Uh, those guys are awesome. Hey, you know what? I thought the race was great, and I was so excited at the end of it when I saw Kurt Busch going into pit lane. And I think that's complete and utter bull that we can't show that. Something has to change to shorten the broadcast for Fox to be able to show this. It is an iconic piece of the sport historically. If NBC wants to be popular, when they come back and they take over coverage of the sport, all they got to do is put the Victory Lane interview back in the post-race. They'll immediately be popular because Fox on social media is getting hammered Every week for not doing this. Why? Like, so they do the front, they do the front stretch interview and then and they're done. It. Then they're done. Oh, See there's ya. no, there's yeah. no. That's what we were talking about when Dell Jr. was on here a month ago. Like we were talking about the fact that yeah, we're I done know they do it every time. So that's it. There's, there's no if more. If there's time, they'll show B-roll of it, but they won't show anything else. Well, yeah. What was that for, Brett? It was a parade wave. They're leaving. They're gone. Need to work on that. Goodbye. What the hell? Okay. Eric Jones was having such a good race. And then that happened on Pit Road. He experienced what it's like to be Valtteri Bottas. I mean, that's our first sound effects guy, I think. Yeah. That was interesting. Jason used to play sound effects once in a while, but he's kind of He still quit. does. Sometimes. Not for us. He just puts Got them in promoted. the show. Hey, what do you think about all these loose wheels? It, it upsets me. That <laughs> Very one wasn't bad loose. Because, it was tight. Because <laughs> We didn't how, have these tight wheels. Because <laughs> how? I, I had this tight wheel thing happen to me at Coda. Yeah, tight wheel. And the, same thing. <laughs> we, we couldn't get ourselves. But, but honestly, you know, we have other series that run single lug nuts. Mm-hmm. But in those series, there's not as many entries. You know, we're out there with 36 to 40 vehicles. Mm-hmm. There's obviously not as many pit stops. Um, they're not as competitive as we are. Like, how, how, What do you think about all this? It really, really upsets me because if something happens, then it goes back on the pit crew. Um, next thing you know, it screws me because I'm over here in the truck series and two of my guys are out now because of something that happened in the cup series. I think there's way too harsh of a punishment for the issues they're having. I feel like this cup car, I don't know, maybe it's just my opinion. I might get hate for it. They weren't prepared for this cup car. They weren't prepared for all the issues for it. And they rushed into it, I feel like, really quick. And now there's a lot of consequences on it, and they're not owning up to it. NASCAR isn't. Instead, all it's doing is hurting a lot of these teams. It's putting these pit crew guys in a bind because they need paychecks. They got to put food on the table for their families. It affects now my racing. The reason why I've been having stops instead of where I was gaining positions, now I'm losing seven on pit road because of something that happened in the Cup Series with that car, even though it has nothing to really do with me at all. But now there's way too, I feel like there's just way too big of a punishment for it. Yeah, yeah, valid points. You're ruining my races over something that happened in the Cup Series. Like, it doesn't make sense. I think, um, so JGR from Dover with Denny, they appealed it. So those guys haven't had the suspension yet. Uh, that's probably coming up pretty soon, right? I would assume next couple week. This should be yeah. this week, I would, I would have thought. But, yeah. To leave an audio message 24-7, go to anchor.fm slash clear and click the message icon. We'll keep playing the best ones each week on the show. Offer pad, question of the week. What's the 
coolest feature in your home? Haley. Hmm. Coolest. Yeah. Like what Probably do you like my simulator. It's got full motion. Bright. Is it your pool? It's definitely not my pool. Jason was at my house last week. Yeah. He came over for the watch party. You got a pool inside your house? No. I don't have a pool at all. Oh, wait, it's not inside the house? No, we're trying to get him to get a pool, um, oh. but he's refusing. So mm. every week we bring it up to yeah. try and Pools are overpriced in North Carolina. Don't get a pool. Uh, they already love to wear Speedos mm-hmm. together. Hey, they don't pools. help him. We're trying to get... I need a pool at his house. Just yes. kidding. I, pools are sick. <laughs> you can do the above ground ones. I We can't do an above ground pool. Why not? Like the, we got HOAs that won't. I lived in a trailer growing up. We could have an above ground pool there. We can't well, do you have, have an a above backyard ground pool. a little bit? I got a big uh, backyard. Then they won't yeah. see it. He's got no. a backyard, an RPG room. We can't have a freaking above ground pool. They would find me. I got an uncle. Jason, what do you think the coolest thing in my house is? Brett had an aquarium in his living room. That was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. I got a 220 gallon saltwater tank. That's and, cool. and and I'll let Jay. Jason think that's cool. Th- coolest thing in my house, and that's the yeah. coolest thing in my house. The coolest, cool. the coolest thing in my house is the central air because it blows <laughs> 60 degrees and I'm dying in here right now. Um, I don't know what the coolest thing in my house is. Probably, probably John's. John. Yeah, probably John's room. <laughs> that room that John's got out front that he's taking over my man cave. Take there, a picture I'll of say, that room and tweet it. It looks like he's a hoarder lives in there. I'm going to say Megan is that the coolest bad? in your house. Megan's right? the coolest a hoarder? person. No, he's just, there's just. Stacks and stacks of stuff in that room. That, that basically, yeah, it's just it's like, like what a hoarder would do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, saying. it's not really his. It's all my stuff. But he, he kind of <laughs> took my room over, so that's mm-hmm. it. TJ, what's the coolest um, feature? I'd probably probably just say my office in general because it's got my racing stuff in there, some memorabilia. Um, you know, Brett's been Brett's probably got a room that's got some stuff in it from his racing days and. We've collected some cool stuff over the years, so um, probably just my my office area with all my stuff. I don't have a a motion rig like Haley and them, but <laughs> we. Uh, I would love to see Brett sim race. So, could you Bre- imagine Brett running them moon car races? <laughs> Those moon car moon races. Are running. If hers moves, I want to go to hers because yours yeah. didn't move. Mine doesn't move. No. Mine's not going to move. We got to move up in the world. Brett had a simulator. Oh, yeah. Brett had a simulator for like six hours one time. <laughs> I have one. You could just take it. I'm I'm good. It I don't need think to be you have control moment. over that, Casey. You're giving away something that's not hey, what's, yours. I heard a rumor. Did you wreck Dale Jr. the other night? I will do it again if he wants to play. <laughs> I'll swing bigger every time too. <laughs> okay, Joey. Go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. It's time for us to get into our favorite Xfinity XFi more than fast moments of the week. Whether you're behind the wheel or online, speed isn't the only thing you need. So what were your favorite more than fast moments from Kansas? TJ. My uh, Xfinity X5 more than fast moments going to be Kurt Busch. I didn't, I wasn't sure he was going to be able to get around Kyle and, uh, or both Kyles basically at the end when I seen him come off, he come off third, right? Yeah, he came out third. I was a little worried that he wasn't going to get back up there, but guy got up on the wheel and got it done. So that's my Xfinity X5 more than fast moments, Kurt Busch. Uh, my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment is uh, Zane Smith. I mean, that thing was on a rail. That wasn't a moment. Saturday night. An entire race. Yeah, that was that was a long <laughs> moment. Uh, I looked up a couple times, and just the lap times he was running throughout the run, I was like, oh, I don't know who's going to get anywhere near this guy tonight. Like, it was, he was, I looked up, and I thought our truck was pretty good. We were like a fifth to eighth place truck. 
and he was probably three to four tens better than us every lap. I was like, okay, well, we might get up here a little bit closer, but we ain't getting anywhere near him. So, yeah, my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment will go to Zane in that 3018. My Xfinity X5 uh, more than fast moment. I'm going to give it to myself for how fast I left the racetrack and got the Austin's bar and grill <laughs> and shared a shot of fireball with a door bumper clear listener. He was at the bar hanging out. Of course, had to buy him a shot. And there was a tear in my beer. And I just rode out the rest of the race there, and then I jumped on the plane and flew home. So I got the hell out of Dodge. You should give I it, win. You should give it to your truck driver at some point because he hasn't hit nearly as much stuff this year as he did last year. He's, it's he's weird. doing a good job. His spotter finally, finally showing up. Yeah. We've hit a lot of shit this year, but it really hasn't been our miss. It's kind of like Haley. Like yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. just happens to wreck right in front of us, it seems like. But last year, you... He we, hit, that's what I said somebody yeah, today. Will, I said like, somebody like, we caused all the wrecks last year. This year, we're just involved in the wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's bad when I told you about the time I, I was on the airplane and Derek got and everyone was yelling, don't hit me, Derek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was after Knoxville when he did hit every he hit everybody in the in field. Yeah. I wasn't there for that one. Just for the he got everybody. <laughs> we like it fast here on Door Bumper Clear, but what we really like is being more than fast. Thankfully, there's always tons of action for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With all the speed for your devices, you also get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected. On the track, being more than fast means you've got the teamwork and strategy to win. With Xfinity x you can do more of what you love with a faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. And don't forget to vote for your favorites. Thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? the Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world. With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors. But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com idiot time for brett's favorite segment what an idiot just kick it off freddie because freddie's yeah. got a good one freddie's this, like cringing waiting the, to this say is this is hysterical <laughs> I, I don't know did i tell you I, t- I told you this so i went to a bar right across the street from the track called danny's pub on or danny's bar and grill on saturday night and i had talked to tyler reddick a little bit about maybe going to the casino or something like that um but just really wasn't planning on doing anything so I went to Danny's with a couple of the team guys or whatever, and I was sitting there, and I, I noticed uh, a guy come over, and he said something about Dirty uh, Mo. So I was like, oh, he's going to say something about podcast, obviously. So right, I see him walking over, and same time, Tyler texts me. He's like, hey, you still at Danny's? I'm at the ATM machine or something right across the street. Uh, I'm going to stop in. So he comes in, hangs out, and... <laughs> He's standing there. So the guy walks over to me and he's like, hey, Freddie, hey, how's it going? Nice to see you. Uh, do you think I could get it? And at mid-sentence, he looks over and sees Tyler. And he's like, 
holy cow. And he gets real excited about seeing Tyler. So he's like, I, I came over to take a picture with Freddie, but forget that. I want to take a picture with you. And I was like, well, I don't really blame you. It's Tyler Reddick. So uh, they take a picture, yada, yada, yada. They, they talk for a minute. They stop talking. So as soon as they stop talking, I asked Tyler about where he ran on the racetrack and qualifying. Just couch racing, as always, you know, like just whatever we can talk about racing. So I'm talking to Tyler about where he ran on the racetrack, top, bottom, middle, whatever it was. And I could see the fan is very confused at this point. And I'm like, what? He's very, there's, he doesn't know what's going on. And he looks at Tyler and he's like, you drive? <laughs> and Tyler's like, yeah. He's like, you're not Jason Schultz? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> that is amazing. I was oh like, no, no. You're, you're more famous than Tyler Reddick, Jason. Congratulations. I'm offended. I'm not that short. I know. Tyler's like five <laughs> hey, foot one. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, we were dying laughing. Tyler's buddy Ernie was with us. I met him at the Chili Bowl this year. He actually sat right behind me at the Chili Bowl. Uh, and we had a really funny, we had a good laugh for quite a long time. So I apologize. I, I told the guy you're going to make the show this week, but you're going to unfortunately be the one in idiot section. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. You top you topping that? <laughs> Brett. I gotta give it to my guy Daniel Die again. Oh. oh Not only was he arrested a few weeks ago, but what? this week he got reinstated and he got to come back to race in the Arca Series race. And he released a statement about his reinstatement. Did you see this, Haley? No, I didn't see it. Okay, in his statement, him and his PR person, and God bless whoever that is. I know who it is. They decided <laughs> to put in this statement that Daniel Dye, in quotes, I've been going around punching people in the groin since ninth grade. What? Okay, he's now a 12th grader. So he's admitting to going around and, quote, in his words, playing a game where we all punch each other in the balls. Okay? So you're an idiot for releasing this statement. Um, you're all <laughs> nuts. Okay? <laughs> We're canceled. We're done. Uh, uh, that's about to be cut. I mean, I mean, you didn't say it. He said it like, <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes you dig yourself in a hole and I guess I just wouldn't even they, had time, they, had time, they literally had time to write this and to read this and think about releasing it to the public and they still did it. Yeah, okay. So I, his PR guy is only probably two years older than him. So that makes sense. Epic mm -hmm. fail. Probably, they're they're I mean, both idiots. Probably playing the same game. I don't know what their objective was. <laughs> they it. failed miserably. Yeah. Okay. So, so <laughs> did you watch the Arca race? I did. Did you? Were you listening to the commentators at all? And not at all. So he had a um a couple penalties. Like he got held on pit road, and I cannot believe there. Maybe there were some jokes going around. Whenever they handed him like, uh, we got to pull the, you know, him in and hold him for a lap. And I'm, where were the jokes? Like, well, that's a real punt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um. Only you would think about that. So. I mean, I don't know. I've, according to that statement, there, <laughs> it's been going on for a long time. So practice and punching people in the balls for four years. Oh, <laughs> Congratulations, my God. Daniel. Um, TJ, do you have one? I, I, you know, I was watching Raja run. Freddie kind of touched on this earlier, but Raja was running a really good race. Um, and he's ran really good races this year. Super patient and aggressive when he needed to be on the track. I think the first that showed up was he ran good at Daytona and it really showed up at Phoenix. He ran really well at Phoenix, but now um, the races that he's putting together are championship caliber. You know, he, if he keeps doing being this consistent, he can run for a championship. Um, Daniel 
die would still be leading the points probably if he didn't <laughs> get no altercation. <laughs> um, he was playing his favorite game. <laughs> um, but I, you know, when leaders are coming, you gotta be, you got like lap cars cannot be side by side like that when the leaders are coming, especially when there's, I mean, eight less than twenty cars out there. There's plenty of opportunity to make passes. That track's really wide. Do you have to be that like side by side taking up that much room? And Raja did the right thing by lifting, but you got to have more awareness. And I know I'm asking a lot for that area, but you know I, I hated to see Raja get passed because of that. So Zachary Tinkle is the driver you're referencing who slid up in front of the other driver you're referencing, and he said it's 100% his fault. He was lapping the twelve, and someone took air off of his spoiler. So it's not. That it's that, that's confusing because there's nobody near here. somebody else. <laughs> well, that's the first confusing part. But the second confusing part is: it 100 percent your fault, or did somebody take air off your spoiler? Like, which way is it? Because first of all, nobody was near him to take air off his spoiler. He also said in in his tweet that I talked to Raja after the race, and he said I did not cost him the win. That's because Raja's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, Raja's one of them. He's like a Tyler Reddick. You know, the guy just got used up, and then he's still going to find a way to blame himself. So, which is good, but I mean, there it's obvious. The ARCA series owes us money. We've talked about ARCA more on here than we've talked about anything. I got else. a good moment. I got a good moment, actually. I just <laughs> got a one idiot. I got, you got it. This one goes out to the tow truck when I first got to the track. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> there was some guy uh, junked it in, I think, practice or qualifying, whatever it was Ooh. going on. I was walking down to my truck, um, walking past the haulers, just walking past, I believe it was a 45 hauler. And this tow truck comes hauling ass towards me. All of a sudden, I hear it. And I'm like, oh, God, our car falls off <laughs> while he's hauling ass. Like, he is going fast. Like, he was cooking, like, enough for me to, like, step to the side. I pass it for about five feet. This our car falls off, takes a left hook right into the 45's hauler. The whole thing starts rocking, dents in the whole side of the hauler. Yeah, that is my moment. <laughs> that's ironic. I mean, that, the irony it of that. It was the most arcade thing I've ever yeah. seen. <gasps> the irony of that is like Chris Wright, who drives a 45 truck, has driven in everything all on the track this year. So now someone's driving into his hauler. It just ironic. makes it even better. How did he get out of the race truck and get into the tow truck? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. This was all over Twitter, and it was pretty funny. I, I mean, I hate it for the guy who owns the truck, the hauler. But to watch a, a freaking vehicle crash into a hauler. Oh. Was there a video of it? I didn't see a video. No, no, I just, I just saw, saw the pictures. It probably will not be released if anybody anyway, in the garage I, I, I wish I could see a video because I just was like a couple feet past it. Because I heard it and I started walking quicker. And that's when it fell right next to, it fell right next to me. And then it, by the time I kept, like, kept walking, it went behind you me. You know what would have made it better? The only thing that would have topped this if it would have been uh, Josh Ryume's holler. Oh, no. Oh, God. no. That, that poor, wouldn't be better. That poor guy's been through enough this year. <laughs> they took the top off at Atlanta. Oh. Now that he gets the side at, at Kansas. No. Not a good idea. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make 
your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's <laughs> A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. All right, let's move on to DBC picks, which I'm really depressed about. I have a proposal for you, Casey. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Okay, Casey. wait, for the record, I only picked Justin Haley because Tommy told me to pick a Chevy. He picked a Chevy. He meant a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you said, somebody else said I would have picked Justin. No. I had, I had we somebody really, else last week. So, so Haley, we have this competition, <laughs> and I have four wins, and, and oh, Casey is last with one. So I have a proposal for you, Casey. You've picked a lot of really big names. You're going to run out, okay? And I'm going to leave this solely up to you. This week and this week only, you can pick whoever you want, even if you've already picked them before. That's to try to do we count the all-star race? No, all-star race. We, we don't count anybody. the all-star We pick anybody. All right. So that's what we're going to do to help you. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to be we're, able to pick we're anybody. We're all going to do this anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Freddie you. won at Kansas with Larson. Brett leads four wins. <laughs> Freddie and I have three wins. TJ two. Casey won. Anybody's up for the all-star race? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. anybody. It doesn't count. Well, right. I think we'll count it. Oh, we'll count it. Everybody, you can pick yeah, anybody. Can Casey, pick anybody. I propose this because you get to pick first. So you got full. And pick you get anybody field. that you want. I just hope she does what I think she's going to do. What? Nothing. No, yeah, pick <laughs> She's not going to tell you. Haley, who would you pick? Please, anybody. Please come well, to I her have, rescue. I have somebody in mind. Well, let's go. Let's 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 make right, a decision fine. here. Larson. Here. Surprise. Good idea. Surprise. Great pick. Yeah. Who's next? I was going to yeah. say that. I mean. TJ, you're next. Man, I'm going to go with the guy that's the only guy that I've seen roll up there and pass, Kyle Larson. I'm going to roll with Kurt Busch. Solid. Kyle Busch. That was my next pick. You son of a... Denny Hamlin. Ready? William Byron. When there's money on the line, Denny Hamlin will step up to the plate. And there's a lot of money on the line. Denny delivers. Denny delivers. There you go. DBC picks. All right. Well... Heading to the All-Star Race, I think we've talked plenty about it, but anything else we want to share with the fans before they watch? You tell us. I mean, good luck, first of all. If, if you know anything, send us DMs and, and texts about what's going on in the race so that we know where we're going to line up and what stage. <laughs> you should have Bob on can, the radio for the All-Star yeah, Race. Yeah, I need, Bob, I need a direct line to Bob. If so you guys I can, can create like an infographic or a video to share with these spotters, they're probably going to need it this I, weekend. I feel like when these rule package came out, Bob's hair probably got curlier <laughs> when he was reading this. Like I could just imagine him being in a panic because he has to know everything that's going on <laughs> and be the expert. I love when he listens to our podcast every week. Haley, he'll text me and Freddie and be like, hey, you guys. You screwed this up. You're wrong. Oh. Every, this, you have the wrong interpretation of this rule, and you're wrong about this. I don't know this. how he knows so much. But so, I can see his hair just ever? getting curly. I don't know. Yeah, he never sleeps, and he never cleans his glasses. TJ, we didn't talk about this. And what? Like, you, you almost what? lapped the whole field yesterday. I know. It was awesome. So you were drunk at a bar already. Um, so <laughs> we have we start the pit cycle. Harvick spins out. Yellow yep. comes down the middle of the pit cycle. Yep. TJ's probably like... Seventh, eighth in line as we're rolling around in the yellow. So they say, hey, the, the two beat the leader to the start-finish line. He gets to wave around the leader, which is legit. You know, that's how they score it. So he waves around to the back. Now he's towards the tail. Wait, which? You talking about me? Yeah. You said oh, sorry, the, the two. Sorry, six. Yeah, wait a minute. Um, sorry, I really apologize. The two actually got waved around. The two did also, yeah. yeah. Um, so they wave TJ around to the back, or Brad. So now he's in last in line or like towards the back of the line. And we're getting we're rolling around well, it there. It took forever to get it's to that point. Forever. They, my my stall is on the turn four side of start finish line. Kasha comes out. 
I immediately look down when we cross line. I see it's right with the 18. So I know I'm going to be around the 18 when I get off pit road. Well, it takes like five laps for them to figure out that I'm supposed to even get weighed around a bunch of a cars and be back in line. So go ahead. So now, I'm back he's, in line. now he's back in line where he belongs. So <laughs> well, now I wasn't in line yet, but, but you were, they're you were figuring. I wasn't a lap down. They're trying to figure it out. So he's got his, he's, now he's waved around the leader. He's back on the lead lap. He's going to be probably like third or fourth on the restart. I think it was. And so we're sitting there and go, okay, six, you belong up here behind like the, the one or the eight. The eight. Yeah. Like third in line. So now he's driving by the field again. And I'm like, I'm looking at, cause now I it's going to trap this. me. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, it's going to trap me a lap down because now it's going to be in front of me and I can't wave. And I'm like, Wait and I'm a already pitted this too. Is not you're right. not, you're yeah. done. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Like, we're all freaking out <laughs> on the roof. And I'm like, finally, like as he's like three quarters of the way back up there, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Cause they call it out. They go, it's been confirmed. The, the six belongs behind the, the eight, behind the eight. And then he's like, Actually, it's been confirmed. The six belongs behind the 19. <laughs> Which was at a, actually was actually I think they put us in front of the 19. It was right behind the 18 was right behind yeah. him. We're, that's where we were supposed to be pretty I much. Don't, but. I don't envy them guys in those moments oh, because so there's hard. a lot of rules you got to interpret. But the, yes. my favorite part about the whole thing was we literally we spent probably what 10, 12 laps it was a riding long around time. and they just parked these random four cleanup trucks off of turn four that were doing nothing except for <laughs> like all right, we're going to park these trucks out here while we try to figure out who the hell's where on this racetrack. <laughs> I, I'm with Freddie, though. When when there's a caution in the middle of a pit cycle, it is complete chaos. And, and you some know. guys like, make it worse. Yeah. Oh, like, of course. Yeah. It, those guys do nothing but prolong it. They don't realize it. You know what I'm talking about. When you're in the middle of that, some guy thinks he's supposed to be somewhere. He just goes there before they have a chance to, to do it, and it makes it a lot harder. Um, but, yeah, that was – I was like – yeah, that's this is gonna be good. <laughs> I mean, they literally took him to gain him two laps and put him like the third car in line up front. I was like, oh god, this is not <laughs> they were right. All There's be no a way lap. this is right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smiling. I'm like, the, <laughs> the other thing that like, and it's I gotta bring this up with Jusan. I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet, but I don't know if you've had many penalties yet. I unfortunately have had. A I few. might have had the biggest penalty. So you're talking about on the racetrack. On the racetrack. Well, <laughs> like this is something about you, you because be in the race, because you did this wrong yesterday, and I don't you know not that you did it wrong because you got away with it, but the we get a penalty now. You're tail end of the longest line. So there's four or five guys that get a penalty, say. And I watched Danny got a penalty for something, so he's falling to the back. You're back there with him. Normally, they haven't done it the last two weeks. Normally, they tell us what line is the longest. Even if it's not the longest line, they'll pick one and go, okay, all penalty cars line up on the top or all penalty cars bottom, whatever. Yesterday, numerous times, it was the 31 that did it one time. I think Chase Elliott did it one time. I watched them line up back there and then just say there's four guys. They're all in a line. Well, two of them just pulled to the top and lined up double file and nobody says anything. So we, we got to do a better job of paying attention to the back there because w- what if we go in the corner and, you know, these guys line up up top and the guys on the bottom and the bottom lane wrecks, you know, you've just given these two guys that had the same penalty as me an advantage over me because they're now able to restart a different line. So you've got to, we've got to do a better job of they're policing gaining. that in the back. Yeah. They're gaining positions They're They're, they're supposed to be, two rows behind me and have to stay in line to the start finish line. Now, instead of being one row in front of me, you know, so it's just, yeah, it's just something they got to police a little one bit better. Thing I thought that was missed was when the caution came out for the 19, Kurt actually passed him and slowed down on the backstretch and the 19 drove back around me inside. Was he supposed to stay behind him at that point? Oh, well, I mean, it's up to, it's up to their discretion. I think if Kurt, you know, kind of, it's a double-edged sword. Obviously, if that's you. I don't think it changed it because he if, still got a lap right when Yeah, he and Kurt's right. letting him go. Kurt's obviously doing that on yeah. purpose because it's a Toyota. And if you – we talk about that all the time on here. If you see a guy with a problem, like that's not a teammate or, or manufacturer, related, you're trying to haul ass to get around him and trap him a lap down. So that's a, that's something, obviously, that they can be played – the games can be played there as well. 
Well, I also want to give a shout out to everyone who watched us on Mav TV last week. Yeah. Yes. What was it like seeing your a, big heads on, uh, what? on TV? What do you mean big head? Okay. That's not right. <laughs> I was, wanted to put like a disclaimer, like objects on TV are larger than they I appear. I want to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Freddie will wear flip-flops again on the show. <laughs> flip-flops? If, if, if he does, yeah, you have flip-flops on I know. last week. I didn't know. If he does, I think he'll get a big pedicure deal <laughs> he's working on thing. it he might uh, need it flip-flops were the least of my concerns last week this week i'm gonna have sweat stains all up and down my left <laughs> side here so yeah uh, but yeah tommy uh, speaking of tommy baldwin tommy baldwin was great on here last week uh <laughs> fun for him to have him on here and he did a good job obviously we yeah. got a lot of positive good reviews stories. about that but he did when he went up to riverhead like we talked about on here and uh, unfortunately jimmy blue couldn't drive one yeah doug kobe got in the car jimmy Blewett's uh, daughter got real sick uh leading up to the race so Jimmy had a bow out for the weekend. Um, she's doing much better now. Uh, but Doug Kobe filled in, and that was the first time in 29 years that the Baldwin car has won at Riverhead, which is our home track. That's awesome. So it was, yeah, it, was, uh, it was an awesome deal there. Or I sorry, also maybe saw a car 29. leave the park there. Did I see a car get over the wall there? And at Riverhead? Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there's been times where, uh, like in a Charger car, street stop it was looking a, car. It was one of them looking cars. Yeah, that, yeah. there's been videos. Uh, our buddy Bob Dillner here, he used to do a, a, a TV show, Long Island Trackside, back in the day. And I remember like the opening segment used to be a guy named Bobby Seda, who works in the sport. Used to be at uh, Roush uh, Roush Fenway for a long time. He he jumped him. a wheel down the back straightaway and <laughs> was over the, the the fence on the back straightaway. We had a guy go over the pit wall one time. So there's been some excitement over at Old Riverhead. Uh, but yeah, that was that's that's where we grew up, and it was just awesome to see. I knew that made that race meant a lot to Tommy for numerous reasons. He really wanted to win for Jimmy. Uh, obviously, really wanted to win at Riverhead. Put the seven NY back in victory lane because we we coined a phrase back in the day. Somebody coined it. It was long before I came around, but it was the Long Island Gang, and you kind of see. A lot of Long Islanders have moved down here. Brett's got all kind of jokes about U-Hauls only driving south. Um, but, you know, like you always kind of gravitate to each other. You know, all the Long Island guys yeah. kind of stick together. So it was, it was really good to see them guys go back up there and win. And, the, and his dad, Tom Baldwin, senior Tiger Tom, was he was the, pro, uh, the, the leader of the Long Island gang, you could say. So down here it was Tiger Tom Pistone or what? Not up there it was Tiger Tom Baldwin. So There's another only one Tiger. What Haley, what Tommy probably didn't realize either is normally when you come on the show, it's pretty decent luck. So, it is good luck. Yeah. yeah. Where are we yeah. at this Thank week? God. Texas. <laughs> Texas. Yeah. I'll take so, anything I can get at this point. <laughs> yeah, a lot of drivers come on and win. So thank you for coming on. You did yeah. an amazing job. I'm so happy for you. Best of luck yes. the rest of the year. Thank you. Casey misses a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. Are so, you kidding? So, I have so, not missed I missed one because I was dying. So the next time she misses a show, we would love to have you come back and be our host. Yeah, just call me up. Matt TV, <laughs> DBC. Yes. This week's show uh, airs Thursday at 7 p.m. on Mad TV, and then you can watch the full version on Mad TV Plus. I personally am a paid subscriber because I watch all the midget racing, so you definitely want to buy it if you don't have it already, and you can catch the entire show. I don't really know why you'd want to see these guys for like 90 minutes. I think the extended version has the dancing clip of Casey as well. It will not have the dancing clip I believe of that's me true. because it will be cut out from uh, whatever social media platform live forever. it is on. <laughs> Um, I was purposely in the back and now I'm regretting that being in it at all. But anyways, don't forget to watch us. Tell us what you think. Thank you as always to offer pad and thank you to Haley for joining us. I'm glad I was not the only girl this week <laughs> and you're welcome anytime. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for putting up with us and putting up with TJ. <laughs> It's okay. I do every Honestly, weekend. <laughs> <laughs> paying you. No, I'm no, the no. Mild, I'm the mild one here. Okay.
We got uh, so we've had Tommy Baldwin, Kaylee D. Going to start off our Mav TV deal. You want to tease who's coming next week? Next week we got uh, Jeff Burton coming on. Jeff reached out so much for ago. the tease. We're going straight to it. It's Jeff Burton. <laughs> Jeff, uh, Jeff reached out a few weeks ago and he's like, "Hey, I want to come on your podcast." And I was straight like, "For the throw. okay." So here we come. That's He'll have a lot of insight, a he lot will. of opinions. And he usually disagrees with everything I say, so it should yep. be great. Mm. <laughs> yep, yep. And if you will be in town for the Charlotte races next week, be sure to come out to Millbridge. I think we'll all be there. Haley, are you racing? Yeah, if my chassis gets fixed. <laughs> Thanks, John Hunter. Know, Thanks, know, John Hunter, right? John, what night are you racing out there? Tuesday? Um, say it again. What night will you be racing? Wednesday, if Wednesday. it gets fixed. Okay. We're waiting. John Hunter wrecked your car? Uh, well, I got caught up in a little pileup and then I got smoked by John Hunter and oh, really right. sorry. Right. I think that was really? <laughs> John Hunter ran into a wreck. I'm about to bring that up when he comes on here. Didn't he give me a bunch of shit about that a couple of years ago? He, he said glasses. glasses. Yeah. We'll have to bring him some glasses. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank, thank you guys. guys for listening. Have a great week. We out. Holla. Right. See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.